Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. With me, I have the regular, the usual, the tried, the trusty, the shrewd, Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Money be green. Money be- Are you thinking of Baltimore now because, because of what we just saw with, with the buddy looking with the... Okay, so full disclosure to people that, that, that have no idea what the fuck we're talking about because I, uh, I've heard a few of us, a few of y'all don't know what the fuck we be talking about a lot of times, but... Um, we just saw a TikTok video of some dude with what can only be described as a what do they call it a male prosthesis. It's a prosthesis. Yeah. It's a system. It's very similar to the system you see someone like LeBron James wear when it's time to sell cars or or, or Gatorade or whatever or Powerade or whatever else sprites. So no. all of a sudden, this man the has real a, best comeback he's ever made in his career. <laughs> Forget the three one. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, it's it's basically a, a nice term for a for a black person wearing a wig, but uh, instead of a, a typical wig like a tube, like uh, like a lot of y'all are accustomed to, it's more or less just for a you know a hot top fade situation, or even sometimes a full one, a full Caesar. Yeah. So, uh, Buddy has the full Caesar. I can't see a bit of his scalp, but it is platinum and it is glittery. It he looks like. He looks like if <laughs> he looks like if Cisco was a member of Stars and Stardom. That's what he looks like. So, he looked like if Cisco got like a one haircut, but it was still all platinum. Yeah, yeah. He looked like th- this is the platinum that we were expecting to see on the eyebrows of the woman that Barrett the man was talking about in the number one stunner. So correct. So we saw that, and I guess that took you to, to Baltimore and The Wire and uh, Money Be Green, or no, is that just me? Like, not just put yeah, it all that, together. That, that was you, but you know, I, I right. watched um, season one of The Wire this weekend. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm rewatching The Wire, uh, and I got Catherine to watch it with me. So uh, okay. Catherine is now going to become a Wire person, I, I imagine, because everyone that watches The Wire does become a Wire person. Pretty much, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, season one, it was uh, interesting just watching the thing. And I read about The Wire all the time and, um, you know, pretty much like scan all the wiki pages for like as much kind of back. So I, I kind of treat it like Rocky in a sense, like <laughs> all the stuff I'm looking for aside stuff. And there's a part there, there's like these little like ground <laughs> that are being laid in season one that you when the first time you watch it, you have no idea is happening and it's like they're already setting up who's replacing who in the hierarchy like mm-hmm. they had um uh daniel sitting carver down essentially telling him what type of cop you 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 want to be and then he eventually becomes a new daniels it's like there's just like so much that's like you know that there's just all the ground being laid and it's just an excellent excellent show and um you know can't wait to watch the rest. Yeah, I uh, I haven't rewatched uh, the Wire. I watched it at one one time through back in well, I don't even know what year that was, but maybe like 2010, 2008, whatever the hell it was. But um, I haven't gone back. I probably should. Like, there's a bunch of other shows that are ne- aren't nearly as good that I've gone back. You know how many times I've rewatched Friends? Mm. Rewatched Friends like probably like five times. You couldn't like, get me to watch Friends, but <laughs> and that's just my that's just my personal taste of like. Look what is it? Look at this wonked out, like died or flat out like white version of what they think like Manhattan is. Like it's just it's to me. I just find it interesting to see like okay, and I find it comforting to watch. This is something I just put on and don't even think. It's like just most sitcoms are like that. Like I just put it on and don't even think about it. So that, well, that's kind of like what I did this week when I put on all those matches from Kenzo Kobashi uh, this past week that I watched. Oh my yeah. we, God. We can, we can, you want to get into that now since we, since we are yes. here. All yes. right. Yeah. Give us, give us our, your rundown of Kenta Kobashi. Kenzo Kobashi is flat out. One of the greatest professional wrestlers to ever live. Maybe the best. Who knows? But I watched that fucking the GHC championship reign. Um, there was a nine-hour video, I believe. Uh, Jamie shot into our link. What up, Jamie? Um, into one of our group chats, and I believe I'm about seven hours through it. And I've watched other matches, like kind of like that, weren't on that thing, like him versus Kensuke Sasaki, him versus Dr. Dusty Williams, uh, him versus Mike Awesome, different stuff like that. And it's just like this man is a chop master right. this man is a suplex machine this right. man is a fighting spirit warrior right. this man is <laughs> as a power move move like savant the man yep. is an athlete he he does flips it's like and, and he has a pain tolerance of like up there with with every anyone you've ever seen uh and somehow you know like the all japan stuff has kind of like been like the blind spot from you know, a lot of the things, you know, that I've picked up over the past couple of years, it was like, OK, the promotion that we really watch is New Japan. But right. all Japan's history is, is kind of muddied up as far as like who owns it. Of course, then it splits off and becomes Noah and becomes Noah. Yeah, when Masao uh, left, right? Yeah, well, he yeah. took uh, a couple guys with him, right. Kenta right. being one of them. Right. And, you know, I was learning about the Four Pillars. What up to Zach? He shot me this uh, King's Road, like, documentary I watched. Uh, it's like a video essay series. There are eight episodes in. I like the first episode so much. I watched all eight in a row. It was just like, yo, there's been so much great wrestling here for so long that it's just kind of, like, tucked away. And if you don't go looking for it, like, you know, um, you might not find it. So shouts out to all the creators that are like shepherding um, this history that's out there. And I would definitely, if you've never watched um, Kent Kobashi, I would probably recommend you watch his match when he won the GHC uh, Triple Crown title uh, from Masawa. 
um, in March 2003. That's pretty much the famous match. But you can just keep watching him from there. He's like a legend. And I did all these like little funny videos where I was translating for him. Uh, like he was a bad motherfucker. Huh? Yes, he was. Translation. Correct. Like he, they were showing him cut promos after the matches. And basically, I would talk shit on behalf of Kenta Kobashi. <laughs> so, uh, huge Kenta Kobashi fan. And of course, he's in the uh, Japanese wrestling Illuminati. Uh, right. He loves all the wrestlers. Like, yes. No matter who they are, like yes. everyone from anyone you can think of, they got a picture with Kenta Kobashi somewhere on the internet. Yes, and in that picture is guaranteed that Kenta Kobashi is smiling from with a, with a gigantic. Uh, you can see his teeth. Like I don't know how I came across that a few months ago when I realized that like this dude, every picture he's in with a wrestler, like he's just so happy. But it's like, yeah, this dude is basically like Japanese flair. Um, yeah, I, I have never seen a full Kobashi uh, match, but I have seen. Uh, those tribute produce shows that he does, those uh, Fortune Dream shows, uh, especially from some of the like All Star Joshi matchups he's has on there. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's one particular year that has like Mako Satomura and Io Shirai. There's one with Mako Satomura in Anai Takahashi. I think that was this year's. There's um, Kyrie in um, Hiroya Matsumoto, and all those matches are like great, and most of them just usually going to draws, but they end up being great. And then at the end, like. They're like destroyed, and they're getting dro- drugged off with their whoever uh, cornered them, and then like, but at the same time, like they before they leave, uh, they like make sure to go to this, you know, that that section that like uh, where the ramp is, where like Kabashi is at to like pay honor to that dude. Like, there's a reason why, like, and you you know, like I I don't think you know this, but like Kyrie, like there's a, there's some type of story about like Kyrie got into wrestling because of Kabashi, and that's her hero. So mm-hmm. it's like. And then you you know you watch like a for me like you watch like a Samoa Joe highlight reel like his match with Samoa Joe on a highlight clip and you yeah. see the match like oh I can see that and then you see him like or a clip of him like chopping the shit out of somebody chopping somebody to the floor like yeah. like oh yeah I can see why some why why someone would be find inspiration out of that person he's a fucking so, maniac so like when uh, a couple months ago when Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi opened their match with like that five minute chop sequence that was yeah. like the the baby version of what. Kensuke Sasaki and him did uh, in 2005 <laughs> in the dome. A lot of matches in the dome. So Kobashi also all time great dome performer. Um, and I recommend you guys check out his cage match joint. He's he has like 20, 23 five star matches, I believe. A lot of them are tags, but a lot of them are singles too. Yeah. Um, he's got just I'm, a I'm rich. Of a lot of those tags are uh, like tags during that like '90s All Japan era, where like it's yeah, it's Kawada, it's Masawa, you know, like I'm assuming, yeah, because there's a shit ton of like five star level um, tag match from the '90s or whatever else uh, that I've heard about. I've never seen any of them, but like the All Japan I've seen is like mas- like some of the Masawa stuff. I've never seen anything else though. Yeah, like the the best way like that for those of you guys that that haven't seen him, I can describe him as like a taller, more animated, heavier version. Like obviously he's he's like what his body's also shaped weird. Like in a way that's almost like Brock Lesnar ish, but not all the way there. Right. It's like imagine if Ishii was like six (laughs) three and two fifty, but like he had a much more kind of animated demeanor, and he did more in the terms of power moves like that's what i can probably say you know what what i would probably put kenta kabashi as a flair for, for the dramatic kind of like any other great people wrestlers you've seen he had the, the big clothesline so yep. like that kind of like it, you know seeing how he had you know we knew the 
legendary Okada title reign. Of course, he's putting people away with the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. He was hitting people with the Burning Hammer, which right. is essentially that huge clothesline. Or excuse me, the Burning Lariat. Yeah, not yeah. the burning hammer. <laughs> the burning yeah. hammer was like I think was it when he brought that. That's like the super finisher, right? Super finish, yeah. Yeah. Um, he had to beat Akiyama with that as well as Masawa. So he only used it eight times in his career. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I enjoyed that a lot, and I, that helped pass my my week uh, last week. You know. So. Yeah. Um. So you have anybody you have in mind for next week that you're gonna like you know go through and look through? I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So um I came across something else I wanted to check out, of course. I saw um a Manami's Toyota playlist that I'm like, well, I'm gonna be working at home anyway. I got this big ass TV right next to my desk. So I'll just throw that on there while I'm working and <laughs> kind of how I did all these kobashi matches. So looking forward to uh checking out Manami Toyota. So. Yeah, uh, I can just give you a heads up right now because I saw the list that I saw some of the list. I didn't read all of it, but the matches that I know that I've seen, um, the the O seven match with Mako Satomura, they beat the shit out of each other, um, and the Tokyo Dome match with um, with Aja Kong, like that is, I think that's the best match I've seen in nineteen ninety four ever. So, so there's that. <laughs> like you know, like you think of like what happened in nineteen ninety four, like that's saying something. Um so so yeah, there there's that too. Um I saw parts of the hair match. Uh the ending of the hair match is like incredible. Um mm-hmm. especially the post match. But but yeah, like uh you'll have a blast watching her watching her too, because she's a psychopath. She she doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I saw um I mean, you, you've seen all like some of the you know. If you go on YouTube and type in top mat top moves on the Toyota, you can just be like, "Wow, this for twenty minutes, like, wow, she's in, she's crazy, she's incredible." But she also did this thing besides just like stuff like missile drop kicks off the top rope to the floor, or you know, no hand uh, springboard moves. Like she did this one move I saw where it's like almost like a Spanish fly, but like basically like they're. Her and her opponent are both on the top rope, and the person on the top rope is about to like. It looks like she's about to body slam her into the ring, mm-hmm. and she turns it into a like Michinoku driver slash like a Spanish fly Michinoku driver. That's the best way I can explain it. Like, you, you have to, <laughs> right? You have, I have to find it, find it and send it to you. Be like, who the fuck would think of doing this without? And who would and who would like think of that and say no because someone's gonna die. I, is it kind of like the deal, like where someone like will like spin around and kind of go into like a victory roll? Yeah, like imagine somebody's going for body. Imagine somebody's going for body slam. Uh huh. And the body slam gets turned into a roll up. Huh. Except it's going off of the top rope onto the floor, onto gotcha. not the floor, but the mat. Oh, the ring. The ring. Yeah. Right. And it's like, who? Who gave you authorization? <laughs> and and who and why would so the person that, that, that you suggested this to be like, okay, it'll work out instead of be like, yeah, someone's gonna probably land on their neck and die. A miserable death. But whatever. Uh but yeah, she's she's a great uh and I'm probably gonna go through some of that too as well. Um I think the person I, if I was gonna do a deep dive on from the all Japan women's uh side that like I I hear a lot of hype about, but I never really got it would probably be Akira Hokuto and like I know most people that are like 
okay, most people that have watched the All Japan stuff that like are t- that don't like Manami Toyota getting like the praise she gets from, let's say, the Melser marks or whatever, if you want, if you will, like the first person they'll bring it be like, what about Akira Hokuto? And I'm like, what about her? I'm like, <laughs> I, no, no, she's great as well, but like, I, I feel like. I have to watch more. That's basically the way I can explain it. Like, I, I I saw, like, the first half of her match with Manami Toyota, and I'm just like, unless this gets, like, dramatically better in, like, the second half of this match, like, I don't see what the hype is about. But, you know, damn. that's only that's one damn match, right? Um, but, anyway, uh, modern wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Empty arena wrestling. Yeah. Um, no people gates you know, everywhere. This McMahon's uh, no people gate coming up soon. The big no people gate. Yeah. WrestleMania 36 uh, took a major hit this week. Um, come to find out that uh, shows were recorded this week. The whole show. Um, I'm sure there may be results out somewhere, but for the most part, the only thing I really heard is... Uh, and I'm not looking for results, so don't send them my way. But um, for the most part, ma- major thing come, comes out is that Roman Reigns uh, decided to pull himself from out of WrestleMania due to concerns for the fact that this is a recovering um, cancer survivor, two-time uh, cancer survivor. And the fact that like there is a he has a weak immune system and there's a pandemic going on. And oh, my God, you idiots. Why didn't you think of this? you know, literally a month ago and pull him from this, you know, once we were headed towards this, or weeks ago when we realized that like, we're headed towards a, you know, this situation. Right. Um, so it, you know, it makes Roman, it makes for people that, I mean, obviously they, I don't think they should be concerned about this, but the people that find any reason to dislike Roman Reigns, you have it by saying he's some type of coward or whatever else. Like if look, and I would say this, if you're the kind of person that want to come out here and talk about a two time cancer survivor is a coward. Um, let's not talk. Like let's how you just press pause or, or stop on the podcast and just leave from here because I think you're a fucking moron and I never want to I don't want to I don't want you to hear what I have to say and I don't want that damn sure don't want to hear what you have to say but there's also the part there's there's that um, and then there's also the part where it's like so Roman Reigns has to be the adult in the room in a room full of all the adults he has to be the most adultest adult and say hey this is stupid my health comes before this I have told y'all yes a million times when I should have told y'all knowing y'all have. Uh, affecting my career adversely in the negative direction. So this time I'm saying no to you off once. And WWE didn't even come out and say, oh yeah, this dude is making sense. We are out here on this bullshit. And didn't even say, like, try to spin it in a PR way to try to say that actually, after all this time, we now looked up one day and decided to pull this guy. No. The story is, Roman said no, and they just like, well, we are asked you to do something fucking stupid, so that's the dilemma they're in. So, Rich, what are your thoughts on this? Boy, um, they are continuing to false advertise him <laughs> as if he has not pulled himself. Um, <laughs> That's true. That that also um, yeah, my, my internet had disconnected, so I missed the first part of your point. But um, it's a uh, I I didn't think the Goldberg and Reigns match had like much really in in way of intrigue. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he has a major health issue that the company is asking him to look the other way from, you know, right. he's not the only person with a compromised immune system on the roster. Uh, I believe Dan Bryan has something like that, too, but I believe he did wrestle. Um, 
it sucks for Roman Reigns. Um, it was always going to suck either way because it would have been like, all right, if you do wrestle, it's like a zero fan show. There's there's going to be nothing you can really do about it. Goldberg's in there with you. It's like, yeah. Um, I kind of I and I and I applaud him for being like, you know what, man, it's bigger than this belt. It's bigger than this company. This is about me. Like, right. and you know. As you said, like Roman should have told him no for a lot of stuff in his career. Uh, it's funny that he hit them with a "that doesn't work for me, brother" um, <laughs> on this one. <laughs> um, and it, it's amazing. I, I almost, I wonder who is going to win. Um, oh, you know, I don't know if that's taboo to bring that up or anything. Like, you know, like, you know, is it was it was Goldberg going to win? You know, uh, or was Roman going to win? Who knows? I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, but. Um, I as long as this dude can like have the opportunity to try to protect himself and be healthy like everyone else, um, then he should do it because he's at a higher risk than than mostly everyone else on there. And it's really um, it's shining a light on how long this empty arena thing is going to continue overall uh, in wrestling right now. So uh, it, it was big of Reigns to do that because like. The first person that you know tests positive somewhere and it's public in wrestling, it's going to be like there's there's a lot of pressure on you, probably to be quiet about it. Um, and then in Reigns' position, is like, all right, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get the belt back more than likely. I'm gonna be back on top and all that. And he says, fuck all that. I'm just <laughs> you know I have a daughter or, or and I have a wife and you know I have a lot bigger responsibility to them. That it's kind of commendable, like and honorable that that he would think to do that, um, especially when you know Vince is like trying to hand it to you once again, essentially, and be like become our our guy or whatever, you know. And he's like. You know, there's something bigger going on, and maybe it's an institutional thing with with WWE, where it's like Vince will stop at nothing to 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 you know do you know whatever he has to do to I don't I don't know why he wants to do, keep doing the shows. Um, what do you think? I don't know. Like I'm assuming uh, the only thing I I can understand is would be like okay, well you get the money based off of doing a live show and or live shows between SmackDown, NXT and Raw. And like that's cool or whatever else, but it's like you're in danger of so many people's health by having them get together to do this shit and then like just by going to one of those shows, like you don't know who's been to where in Orlando and came back. You don't know who's flown in and flown back with whatever the fuck. And like just honestly, like between any of these shows we cover, Stardom, uh, NXT, AEW, whatever, uh, they probably should not probably they should not be running right now. Like for the benefit of everybody's health, me and you should be coming out here talking for like an hour and a half about absolutely fucking nothing. You'd be like, yeah, what you do this week? What you do this week? That's what we should be doing for like an hour and a half, or or do some type of you know project as far as rewatching some this that or third or whatever else, and doing some type of tournament or whatever else, like just and talk about it as opposed to actually talk covering real live wrestling going on right now on TV. Like, yeah. but they're putting it out there, so we're doing it. Um, so you know, I I just think that you know they recorded the and show. And I think this this uh, so they they recorded WrestleMania. They have it in a can. Who knows how much longer they go after this? I can't imagine it going much longer after this. I just can't. But you know, we'll see. 
I know they got the Raw after WrestleMania in the can, but it feels like this week with uh, AEW included and NXT, it was like the the restrictions have tightened up so much. So we raved about the creativity that AEW is able to kind of respond with in the face of like an empty arena where they kind of laid out the fucking blueprint, right? Then. Mm-hmm. This week, they were down to even more dire straits, like as far as like personnel. And it's just like, it's so thin and so skeleton like. And like, it's like, this is the week where it was like, well, I think they, they maximize whatever that, that first week that they could do with this format. And it's like, it's only going to feel more like a, not a chore, but it's going to feel like, oh my God, why are they still doing this? Like, and they don't have to be. And the shows are probably going to become progressively more vanilla as to not you know waste whatever you're going to waste like and and you know this this format isn't really conducive so um it it just feels like we've reached that point that yo (laughs) shut it down like the nba (laughs) like the mlb like like the march madness shut it down and 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 find another way to you know entertain us and then you know for fans like I think you got to like allow these companies a little bit of leeway and a little bit of rope. Like, you know, I don't think I'm really seeing too many people banging the drum. Like, yes, like keep doing these shows, keep entertaining me and stuff like that. But just to say it, like, I I think people need, well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, this isn't about pro wrestling, but you got, you also got like, you know, uh, all time, um, (laughs) all time, Duke Blue Devil Jay Williams on on ESPN talking about oh, yeah. you need to go out oh here and, you need to go out here and, and entertain us for the sake of our sanity as an American people and I'm just like Jay and you know like Jay's Yo. like like one of the very few Duke people like I I do not like hate so it's like I I, I can't rock Look, with you man. on this one bro <laughs> I can't rock with you on this one Jay. You want to keep it a buck with Jay Williams? Like, ever since he cracked his melon, you don't never know what he about to say. Like, so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, bro. I like, I heard that thing that you heard, and I was like, bro, I'm like, are you that scared? Like, ESPN ain't going to have enough for you to talk about? Just just recycle your LeBron and Jordan debate like y'all do, like, every fucking, you know, six weeks or whatever. <laughs> like, figure it out. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, just, I'm just taking yeah. it from that to go to – what we're dealing with as far as like potential fans that are like, you need to, you know, entertain me at the level you were before. And it's like, that's not really that possible right now, chief. So you might want to chill out. And I mean, I don't really see that much of that, but yeah. there is some of that out there. And I don't know how much of that is like people that I actually want to ever want to talk to, or how much of that is just like, you know, the fringe nonsense, crazy people that like, i never want to talk to. Right. And it, it, one one example of it, I was watching like Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara. I was like, and anticipating the day that these two have a match and all that. Right. They had a good match. Like it yeah, was like, absolutely. you know, 3.75, three and a half. Yep. But like you saw like how long it felt, it felt. And then knowing what would have been there for them crowd wise. And it was just like, maybe they left like four and a half stars on the table or something. Like if they would have had the crowd and the adrenaline, a- the energy. Like, yeah, they also had a layout uh, that was conducive to them having the best match they could. They went out there and said, I mean, some of that is like, you know, Sammy has holes in his game, regardless of how promising he looks. And like, you're going to have to learn how to wrestle on the ground and work a hold. And this was a match where he had to do where he did that through two commercial breaks. Was it a match that I would want to see on national television? No, but they still had a good match. So who cares? 
ultimately. Yeah. So like, so when I, w- I was saying that, and I still enjoyed the match, but I'm like, yo, there's like, there's just so much missing here, mm-hmm. and. I think it really showed in the uh, in the Cody match because, you know, Cody's so dependent on that reaction that he gets and, you know, playing to the audience and, and everything like that. And, and that so, just made so, it stick so out like, you like, a, that, like a sore thumb. So are you saying that when Cody's matches are like if he press mute on it, like it, he seems like a goofball? James Boyd said that I did not. I will oh, reserve oh, my hitting for pay per views. Damn it! Why is it this I, every I single reserve- week? It's Cody and it's Floyd and it's all. I'm about to hear about this. No, but at least okay. So here, here's the thing. Cody is a fine wrestler, but in this particular instance where there's no crowd, like for him to work, I would suggest that he like wrestles like how he wrestles Darby, or uh, or when he wrestles with Darby. Just go out there and just have a match. Like, like when he who did he whose ass did he kick before um right before the um right before revolution? Kip Sabian. Gave, yeah, like just go out there and wrestle like he's Kip Sabian. Wrestle people like they're Kip Sabian. Like, I I thought the match with Jimmy Havoc was fine. I didn't think it was bad at all, but it was just kind of there. I mean, uh, maybe that's because yeah. like I'm I'm not that familiar with Jimmy Havoc to know what he does besides like what the Jimmy Havoc and the mask brings to the table, but like. I didn't think he was out here. I didn't think Jimmy Havoc was out here really doing Bret Hart's professional wrestling. I didn't. I did not know that, but apparently he does. Yeah, yeah, he's got a whole another style in addition yeah. to his deathmatch game. So, um, yeah, man, it's I, I don't know. Like, uh, what would you see? Um, you know, what what NXT have going on this week? Um, NXT they had uh, two good matches. One one I would say still great. Like they actually had uh, they had Riddle and um, Roddy. Um, I think we're like 10, 12 minutes or whatever else, but it's basically like a pocket version of that um, NXT TakeOver 25 match they had. Um, it's mm-hmm. just... Uh, like, they basically start to ma- they basically start to match both matches, both uh, like trading on the floor, and then they get up, and then they just start throwing strikes and, and just beating the shit out of each other, and like, Roddy's trying to work over his back to, an ex- to a, a little bit, and it was awesome and it was paced well like they normally like you it's match it was like another one to match you expect them to have because it's those two um on I'm, I'm jumping around a bit but that was like the last match on the card on that show uh the opener if I remember correctly I can't remember the opener off the top of my head right now um but there was also a Tony Nese and um Tony Nese and Cameron Cameron Grimes match that was good um they were still doing the qualifying stuff for the women's number one contendership ladder match for the, what was going to be on TakeOver. So, um, they were set up for Zaylee versus Aaliyah. Um, Aaliyah shows up. Um, they show the nose injury from um, a few months ago where they did the fake nose thing. And then, like, all of a sudden you see Aaliyah and you see, like, her lips are bigger. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Why do you just yeah, say it? like she? Yeah. I, whatever, whatever. I guess you can't say someone had you know get their lip their their lips got broken, so you just say a no. Whatever it doesn't matter. But um, so they show Aaliyah. Or they show Aaliyah comes out first. Then Zaylee music plays, and he's like, "What's going on? Where's Zaylee? Where's Zaylee?" Um, so then they go to the back and they show her head. Basically, uh, she's grabbing, she's clutching her knee in the back on, on some uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Like she, huh. like, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know what like why in Japanese uh, sounds like, but she may have been yelling why in Japanese, Japanese Chinese. But um, 
all of a sudden, like they cut to the back or they cut from the back to back to the ring, and Leah's like, "Well, award me the win, announce me the winner, and we'll ask me the winner." And then Regal, and then all of a sudden, um, the announcer says, "Well, there's been a replacement," and EO's music hits, and like the first first time, first thing you hear, the first note you hear, all of a sudden, Leah's face goes like, "Oh no, I'm going to die." Uh, EO comes out, beats her ass, pins her with a moonsault. Um, it looks like no matter even they went to full sale, no matter what it is. If you're outside the ring at NXT, anywhere, if you're like in the parking lot, if you are in a hallway, it is dangerous. It is not for 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 jokes out there. They're, they have mass assailants. They have people running down on you in the parking lot. They have people coming up to you, attacking you and, and rolling around. And, you know, you, you're rolling around on the ground, holding your leg like yeah. it's dangerous out there. Yeah. And or, or you be face down like Alistair Black uh, <laughs> was. Uh, it doesn't matter if you would a group because all of a sudden Tommaso Ciampa will come out of nowhere and attack all three of you with a lead pipe. Um, yeah, man, yeah. it's it's just rough out there. Uh, so EO advances. Uh, during the match, they they say so. It wasn't uh, the normal. Beth Phoenix and Nigel and Morrow. It was Phillips and um, Saxon. So it was basically like the old SmackDown team. Um, so they put over on commentary that like it was real. Aaliyah seemed real. Uh, co- was playing real coy as if like she knew that like Zaylee was fucked up. So they're they're putting the blame on her and it's supposed to and get you away from the idea that if you thinking that like Io Shirai may have done this to uh, Zaya. So. Um, so anyway, she's advanced, so, um, there was a squash match with some dude with some weird name that I've, I can't even, I can't even pronounce the name, but it was some dude that got squashed by, uh, oh, what's his name? What's his fucking name? Um, was in, was in, uh, Sanity. Killian Dane. Killian Dane. Yeah. Uh, Killian Dane got a squash. Beat one, beat some, beat dude with Vader bomb. Didn't matter. Um, there was also Keith Lee came out. Keith Lee uh, went to cut a promo and explain what happened with um, him power bombing uh, Dijakovic a couple weeks back. He explains it like, well, I beat Cameron Grimes. Someone hits me from behind with a nightstick. I turn around. I see Dijakovic holding my belt. I thought he was mocking me, so I pop pop a power bombed him. I owe him an apology. So Dijak comes out. And says, "I don't want an apology. I want a title. I want a title, another title shot." And he said, literally to J- Rich, he said to him, "You took food off of my family's table." What a horribly written show. <laughs> so, uh, what? I was like, wait a second. So you made the save for this, this dude? Is you made the save for whoop your ass. How do you take food off of his table? I don't. Whatever. So. Out comes Damian Priest. Damian can these niggas? Can these niggas get like? Can can we separate these niggas, please? Please. I think it's the last match. So uh, they uh, out comes Damian Priest. Damian Priest talks some shit. Uh, he says, "I also want a North American title shot." That's the reason why I laid into. Well, I took a cheap. I you know had a hit him hit Keithley with a cheap shot. Um, they all look into the ring. They all start brawling. Huh. <laughs> Like, oh, Keith Lee's a dumbass now. Like, you attacked the wrong guy. No, but he, ex- he explained, <laughs> like, like I got hit from behind. Like, well, know. he didn't see the dude. Like, okay, you're in a match. Let's pretend it's real. 
You're in a match. You just want. You're just defending your title. Somebody hits you with a nice stick from behind. You have no idea who does it. You turn around. You see somebody in the ring holding your belt. You pop up, power bomb him, and then the next time you get a chance to talk, you apologize to the person you power bomb. That's all Keith Lee did. Oh, okay. I must have missed that apology part. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what he came out to apologize for, or to come out to talk about. So, um, while they're in the ring, him and Dijak, uh, Priest comes out. Priest uh, says, "Like, look." You want a title shot, but uh, I just laid in, uh, or but you know you shouldn't get another title shot. I want a title shot. That's the reason why I laid into Keith Lee. He gets in the ring. Uh, Dijak starts beating on, um, starts beating on Priest while he's in the ropes. Keith Lee pulls pulls pushes him off because he wants a piece. Priest and Lee end up on the floor, so you know what that means. Dijak dive. dive exactly. Dijak gets a dive, and then he walks off, and then it gets set like later in the show that like that's triple threat match next week for the title. That would have been on Takeover. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, there's something. There's oh, one oh, thing yes. from AEW I forgot. Whatever. No. Okay, so here we go. There's uh, Candice LeRae and Caden Carter. Caden Carter. I keep, keep calling her Caden Cross. Caden Carter. They have a match. It was like three minutes. It was good. Uh, Candice is winning with a quebrada. Um, so she advances into the ladder match as well. So then they announced that like all the people that lost in these qualifiers, plus Zaya because Zaya got knocked out of it, are going to be in a, five, I think it's a six-person match. And that's the person who gets the last slot to get into the uh, the. Um, that gets into the ladder match. So right now the people that are in it are Chelsea Green um, advanced, Mia Yim advanced, um, EO advanced. I'm blanking out on the other two people, but whatever. Um, Bro, an empty arena ladder match that is going to be urgh. like he, the, the, all the oh when someone's climbing up the ladder, all that's gone. Yeah, the autumn bumps for nobody. And it's Imagine Mia Yim. Is, is Mia Yim in this match? Yes, she is in it. Mia, no, Mia Yim you, beat uh, Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, um, Dakota will probably win. Oh well, I don't. I don't know. She'll probably win this one. But um, the the whole deal, like falling through the ladders, like in front of no fans, no adrenaline rush, just fucking just, just wear it. Like nah, and, man. And better yet, it's gonna be preach. Just uh, me. It's yeah, miss me. No, no yeah. way. Like, I'd be um, wrestling that match like Triple H at SummerSlam 98, or excuse me, like The Rock, and not take <laughs> no bump. Fuck that. Um, so, one thing I forgot um, on AEW, um, the Matt Hardy in Chris Jericho. Um, Matt really, Hardy made okay. his debut. I mean, it's, it's one it. of the biggest topics it. of the week. One thing. <laughs> so... All of a sudden, uh, Jericho came in. Uh, he called out Vanguard 1. Vanguard 1 flew out there. Uh, Vanguard 1 is a fed, y'all. You saw how he was rolling up on Nick Jackson. Um, and he offered the drone a spot in the inner circle. He, he cut a whole promo on the drone and said he hated his political beliefs and everything he stood for. I'm just like, wow. Uh, Vanguard 1 you know, flew away. And then all of a sudden, uh, Matt Hardy appeared at the top of the arena and then you see the camera like kind of swerve up there and then it's like moving still but something comes over the camera and he's gone 
They go all the way to the other side of the arena. He's over there, and then he's teleporting back and forth. Apparently, uh, it has been since come out that he was not teleporting. Vanguard 1 was projecting different images of, of Matt Hardy all over the arena, apparently. So that's that's the official line on this. Right, so, but the problem with that is that, like, we saw where Vanguard left from, and then we saw where the picture and the perspective is of those pictures that were taken. That's not what. That's not what they were doing. They're they're they're, cover, they're covering. What? They're trying to cover for the fact that like people hated the teleportation thing. That's what they're doing. And I mean whatever. Look, I like the teleportation. I was fucking hollering when he was doing that shit. I just. Um, I don't hate it. I just like this is fucking goofy and like. I don't hate it as because it's like whatever. Like this isn't before. This is leading to a paper. This is leading to a TV match. So it's like whatever. But I just like whatever. This ain't for me. It's fine. Like and I left it at that. And like I think I think it's goofy. And I, like I don't want to see those two have a match. But whatever. Um, Jericho basically tried. You know, a, a man of Jericho's. You know, uh, his uh, generosity. Of course, he offers uh, Matt Hardy a spot in the inner circle, like he offers everyone else before he decides to whoop their ass or fight them. Um, he always gives them the chance to get down or lay down. That's one thing you can say about Jericho. Um, <laughs> he didn't do that with Cody, did he? Uh, I don't think he did with Cody. Yeah, he only did. You it with, he only did it with people. Cody already had a group. Cody already had a group. So. You know, Cody got two groups, you know. Um, wait, wait, you call them their family uh, a group? That's what you're doing? Yeah, so you, you, you see all them niggas that be rolling out there? Oh, man. Shoot. Um, then Matt Hardy basically says he's like this new person named Damascus, and he's more than 3,000 years old. Uh, he basically said AEW is a paradise and, you know, represents freedom, and he can't allow the inner circle to ruin this paradise. And he promised to delete Jericho. There are a whole bunch of like comedy stuff, like Jericho with these one-liners, like that kind of just bust you to fuck up if you hear them. Um, and you know, they eventually got no fight. And no, you know, no, 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 don't, don't, no, 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 don't skip over the elite versus delete uh, deal that they did. Oh yeah, they um they they did the uh, elite delete ba- back and forth a bunch of times. This was funny. Um, and then Jericho slapped him, essentially, and then Hardy basically. <laughs> He's had enough of you know. this clown. Should he slap the shit out of this man? Yes. yes. <laughs> He's like, yo, you're Matt Hardy. Stop, stop fucking with me. You're, you're, not, you're not fucking 3,000 years old. Um, and then essentially... Um, <laughs> He was like, you know, he's like, you are a wizard. So, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara, you know, I forgot what he said. Like, Abercadabra, get your ass whooped or something like that. And yeah, then Sammy so Guevara yeah jumped. something like that. And then, he, yeah, Guevara yeah. runs behind and jumps him. And they start whooping his ass until uh, Omega and Cody, Cody come from came out. with chairs. And, they, and the babyface beat, beat up the hills two to, with a two to three advantage. <laughs> yeah. And they run. And all of a sudden, Matt Hardy is setting off the flames. Um <laughs> Like, this man was, like, on some full, uh, you know, I control fire, I can teleport, uh, I have superhuman strength, like, this nigga, uh, Matt Hardy, just hilarious. I, I, I just laughed the whole time. Look, if you're looking for something serious out of Matt Hardy, I, I, I don't expect it here, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but, um, 
No, this was very, very divisive, um, you know, amongst, you know, the, the, the Twitter sphere. So, um, I don't know, you know, I I expected the goofiness from Matt Hardy. So, and it, it made me laugh. So I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have, or I think his stuff in the future will be better when it's pre-taped or whatever, like the Hardy compound. So they like the, like the, you know, um, ultimate deletion stuff. Um, I think live it didn't work that well. It didn't work as well to me as the previous stuff I've seen him doing that stuff. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see in the future. Uh, I it's not for me, and I'm just like flat out being like, it's not for me. So I'm not going to critique it that hard. But for me, it's like I've still watched it, and like I laugh at times of how goofy it is. But like the stuff that I'm really laughing at is like Jericho laughing at him. <laughs> so, so yeah. like but the one liner Jericho was thrown in there, yeah. like it was like, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, besides that, you know, they they had that Sammy and and, and Guerrero match, uh, Sammy oh, and Kenny, Luke, Luke um, Harper. Brody, Luke Harper yeah, or Brody Lee, uh, beat the beat beat the brakes off of QC Marshall, uh, Jake Hager beat the brakes off of some dude named Chico Adams. I like that, um. The new kind of way he goes into the finisher, he does like a rock bottom, then puts the choke on or whatever. Was that an F or W rib? Was that a rib on Alvarez? Chico Adams, that's funny. <laughs> Chico, yeah. Um, it looks like there may be a TV match in the future with Hager and Moxley. I don't presume they're doing that on pay per view. Um, because that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not putting it for that. <laughs> that's not that's not what I asked for. Check. Jake Hager in a in a fucking title match on pay per view? No, sir. No, absolutely yeah, I, not. I would assume that's a TV match, but um, you know, Darby Allen got a win, debuted a new move. Uh, it's called the Last Supper now. So, mm. um, it, something like a I, I forgot what the old school name was for it, but it's a uh, it was a real like thin show, like a real thin feeling show, real like vanilla. I felt like. Um, so hopefully they, they can find a way around. I, I don't think they need to do the cutting to the back. Uh, the people like in the picture in picture with the, with the yelling and, and betting on the match. And it's like way too much. And I know they're trying to add something else to the to the wrestling, but it's like, man. Um, okay, so what were your thoughts on no women whatsoever? I don't know who was available, but um, that doesn't stop them from doing a video package or something. Like, right. you can put a video package on the screen like so um yeah not a fan of that especially like last week you know they had that nice fatal four-way or two weeks ago had a nice fatal four-way it would have been nice to see someone somewhere but comes down to i don't know who was available when to shoot what so yeah same here it's like look man if you can if you can figure out how to get QT Marshall on fucking TV, then you can figure out how to get a Karoshita or Statlander or Nyla Rose on TV. I'm sorry, there's no excuse for this. Um, but it was like I remember looking, I was like, okay, said so he made almost half a year with no women's match. I was like, it took him that long. But whatever. Um so Yeah, as far as NXT, the rest of it, like the main thing on NXT, aside from the stuff we talked about already, was um the match I remember that I forgot about. Okay, so the dude that um that got squashed by Killian Dame, his name was Wait, check this out, Rich. This is this nigga's name. It's the actual nigga. Tahuti Miles. I, I know you I know what you're talking about. I've seen him on the Largo loop. 
I'm yeah. sure you have. To Hootie Miles. Yeah. They've got to change his name. To Hootie Miles, he is... I think that's a, his real name. If it is, fine. But even if it is your real name, you need to change it. Like, how do you <laughs> chant to Hootie? To Hootie. I know you can chant it, Jackass. I, I mean, it, like, it, it sounds look, goofy. Look, it, it, don't, it don't quite it do, slide, no, you know. Right. It does not work. Like, Like, look. I don't know. Another Miles, huh? What that right? Miles? Oh, like Jordan oh, Miles. Oh, oh, Jordan Miles. Um, it's spelled different, but yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, the opener of that show was was um, Austin Theory versus, um, oh my God, M. Gorgeous. That's right. He's in WrestleMania. Gorgeous. What's his name? Uh, the model. What's his name? From Brazil, yeah. sla- or say this residence of Brazil, pretty boy Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze, that's his name. Yeah, they had a match. It was it was fine. Um, it it was fine. That's the best way I say. It was the third best match on the card. Um, but basically, they had plugged that they were going to do this like uh, celebration for Adam Cole for it being his. Um, he broke the streak, the broke the record for longest NXT Championship title reign, and they basically just cut to him doing a, f- a video from his phone. When he's like, I guess at his house on, on in his pool, and he quarantine. Says like, I guess so. Um, so he basically says that uh, Velveteen, you've done nothing to deserve this title shot. So, uh, but I but I know some of my uh, undisputed homeboys want want a piece. So here you go, Velveteen. Next week, <laughs> you, will go you get Bobby Fish. <laughs> Like why would I want to wrestle him? Right. Uh, so that's what he that's what he ended up doing. And then like the main event was the main or the last segment was um, Triple H in the ring. He goes to start, try to describe uh, like I think he says like Ciampa versus Gargano is the greatest feud in NXT history. And then he goes on to like he's about to say something else, and then like Ciampa comes right out. And then um, Triple H is like, "Hey man." Before we get anything or whatever else, like I want you to let you know, like there will be no physical contact, none whatsoever. Um, so then, um, Champa says, I forgot what he says. Basically, like he brings out Johnny. Johnny's like, I'm not getting the ring with this fucking guy. The reason why I, I just had to spend a whole bunch of money on a fine I just got because this crazy fuck attacked me. And then he wanted to escape through the through the emergency through the medical window when when Johnny threw him yeah. out the window. And then yeah. and then he he's the one that threw the weights through the mirror in the in that weight room in the PC. This is all his fault. So then um, Triple H says, "You know you have some points, but there's also another point against you. You're the one that put your hands on the ref, right? So like, you know Johnny's basically being a you know." being a heel or whatever else and then says get in the ring and then Triple H basically says well, look I I was I, I've been here I understand this I've been through this I was in the same place with Sean and right now you guys may not see this but you're going to see later in life that like there's more to life than just wanting to be number one there's more to life than all this but I understand what you're in so I, I'm granting you this and he's like oh really it's Triple H <clears throat> right so Look, look this is a triple. This is this is this is a quadruple H. I'm sorry, this is a triple H that all of a sudden gained 30 pounds and became quadruple H. This isn't uh, the King of Kings. This isn't the Asker. This isn't the Assassin. This is Uncle Paul. This is Uncle yeah. Paul. So Uncle he, Paul's he, he telling counseling his two badass nephews. <laughs> yes, exactly. So 
Um, he says, I understand that you're at this place, and, and the reason why, only reason why you guys are still employed to this company is because of Rick, because, uh, it's because of me, because Regal wanted both of y'all fired. He wants both of y'all out of NXT. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all want him out of NXT. Y'all want him out of uh, WWE. You know how f- you know how bad that would be for you if he ended up in AEW. Can you imagine Gargano Omega? Good God Almighty. Might be the end of One Nation Radio. <laughs> Why you say that? Let's you know. Oh, that's, your, that's, your, that's your guy, and Omega's my guy. I don't care. I just want a seven-star match. Or whatever y'all call a seven star match. Hey, uh, hey we seen one of those. So, you know, the D- me in 2018. You can yeah, pull it up. Yeah, look, you know? you know, you know, it's better than one seven star match. Two. Two. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, so they uh, they continue going back and forth. Um, and like it was a really good promo. I can't remember most of it, but like it was very good segment. And it's like this has become one of the best talking segment programs and like something that, like, WWE has to match with, like, the stuff that Jericho does. <laughs> um, so, I got one question. Mm-hmm. So, with Triple H being in this segment right here, is he going to fully make this a meme and become the special referee? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is what happened. So, oh, this this is what happened. So, Triple H says, like, like I understand, um, like, what y'all are going through, and uh, something like this deserves to be on the biggest stage, and then... Johnny cuts him off and says, "No, no, no, no! You, you don't, you don't understand. Like this, this freaking guy. Like we were set to do this last year at this around this time, and this guy went off and broke his neck. And the only regret I have about it is the fact that I wasn't the one that broke that broke his neck. And then uh, Champa flashes and snaps and says, "Yes, I broke my neck. I came back, and you took my fucking life from me when you cho- when you threw me out of that title shot or whatever else. And I he looks at Triple H like I need this or whatever else. And he's like, look, I understand this and." Like this would have been on the best stage, on the big stage that we could have given this to you, or whatever else. And then Johnny cuts him off, like, "Look, man, you still don't understand. We don't need, we don't need the biggest stage. We need a ring, we need a ref, and we need a camera crew. That's it." So Triple H goes, "Okay, fine. So, uh, so when do you want to do it?" So then, like Johnny, like pauses and he's like, "Come on, man, you just said you want to do it." And he's like triple. He's like, well, this maniac just threw me off the top of that perch or whatever else uh, two weeks ago. So he's like, so how much time do you need, Johnny? How much time do you need? And he pauses. He's like, two weeks. Give me two weeks. And then they have the match or whatever else. And you want to know how they got out of that after they after they did all that? They sh- they they aired on the screen at random, seemingly at random, a killer cross tease. Yeah. That's how they got out of that to go to go yeah, dark instead of just having them That's go face like, to face and cutting off. It was so fucking stupid. You know that 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 feels like a bad omen. Like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't like debut in the middle of this match or something that ever happens speaking with them. Of that, speaking of random shit, it makes no sense, right? At the end of Riddle versus Roddy, two of the dudes that we see in the Largo Loop. That aren't good. Right. <laughs> and look, if you saw the camera angles and the camera angles, they cut the, the height of stuff that they missed in the few times they were out there beating up Riddle, you would be like, oh yeah, they definitely not good because they screwed up the simplest of stuff. They screwed up a dev- they screwed up like the demolition knee drop uh over a bent over a bent knee thing. They screwed that Boy, up. That, anyway. that, got, they, they, it, that can't be like the bottom of the barrel and it's they got to have somebody better than these dudes, but maybe it's a look thing that they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. But so 
but yeah, they came out. This Stokely came out, and then Stokely was like, "I know you. I know you remember me under a different name, uh, uh, Matt, but I am Stokely Halfway." And and I figured, you know, with your partner on the other side of the, of the world, I figured it'd be the perfect time to come whoop your ass. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but that was yeah. more or less what he said. Uh, but yeah, Amazing that's that this man has made it to TV after how long? Well yeah. over a year. Yeah, it's been over a year. And like, he's he's probably the best talker in NXT. Man, uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, uh, he's, he's somebody right now that in a time like this, where like, you got to try to figure out where to steal minutes away from matches because there's no crowd reaction. He's perfect for the situation because he's a perfect person for the situation because look at his YouTube stuff. Look at his tw- uh, YouTube stuff, his Twitter stuff. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like he made a, he made a multiple, uh, episodic drama that lasts a few minutes at a time based around who stole his CD player in the year 19 or in the year 2019. Right. Like that is a talented dude. Put him on TV. Eat up all the innings you can at at a, at a time like this. I believe him and Riddle were linked before and involved. Like yep, he would manage a bunch of guys like right. to try to beat Riddle. It was almost like right. some Bobby Heenan and Hogan shit. So, right. right. Um, and I believe also it, during that time he also was doing some like makeshift dealings with Walter mm-hmm. at the time too. Like. They were like, yeah, you're a heel. I'm a heel. Let's link up. And like, either they either they actually linked up, or Walter left by that point in time before they could finally do it, or like uh, Keith Lee left before they could up, they could do it either because he was another person that was against Keith Lee as well. Yeah, so that that'd be a nice um, you know change. Whenever I just you know I, I saw those two guys stand over Matt Riddle, I was like, poor Matt Riddle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, especially, I mean, they need to just, fo- I mean, honestly, I don't know what they need to do because right now, like, the situation they're in, but, like, once they figure out if Charlotte or Rhea comes back or comes back with this woman's belt, like, they need to figure out who needs to take it off of them immediately. <laughs> um, and then, um, as far as what happens with Adam Cole, like, hopefully these next set, set of matches when he runs through, or when Velveteen runs through the um, Undisputed Era, that will knock a lot of the rust off him so then like they can you know either change the belt or have Cole have a great match and then move on to the next thing because like I don't know man like I don't know after this let's say let's say Adam Cole retains the belt again um who should he have a program with next I have no idea um that's an NXT so I, I think this is the title change but for me, I wouldn't be putting the belt on Velveteen Dream right now. That's that's what that's the dilemma they're in right now. Yeah, uh, and, and it almost like uh, I don't know. It's like Cole has to kind of like run the clock out on this reign. It should it should really be Finn Balor because Finn Balor, they had that one match and Finn Balor only lost because Johnny came out in the middle of the ring and strategied him. But it looks like he might fuck around and be the next. Uh, oh, they might fucking NXT UK champion. You. They might they might hot shot your boy Killer Cross up the ladder, maybe. Um, which I, people would I don't think would go for that. Uh, there was a, also a ridiculous um, Dexter Loomis uh, yep. vignette I saw that was on Twitter. Yeah, that man looked like dark, yeah. yes, that man looked like a raper. <laughs> yes, not a rapist, a raper. Like I mean, <laughs> I've always thought of I've always thought of him, and it's weird because like they gave him a vignette and people were, and then like. 
you know how they always do whenever, especially uh, in NXT, like they just have a over, they have a very, they have a just a staggering lack of like diversity in like how they debut people. Like everybody is, you know, it's always some mystery type shit. Like they brought back Velveteen Dream as a, some mysterious figure. It's like what the fuck. Like and I don't mean like oh I don't mean like the mystique of him being uh, Prince. I mean like like they had eyes and numbers and you're supposed to figure out the puzzle of what the fuck that was. It's like yeah. nah man like just have a video say hey man I'm coming back like whatever. But um you got to do un- I, I think if if you keep it on coal you have to break up on the Smooth Era and Roddy has to fight him. That's but that's then- what they should. I mean they tease that around like they tease that. Immediately after the WrestleMania uh, match last year, WrestleMania weekend uh, show. So like, or Keith come Lee right back come to off, or Keith Lee can come off that North American belt. That's what I was get getting to. That's what I was getting to. Have so, Keith Lee beat him. That's what I was getting to. The problem with their main event scene in NXT right now is the fact that like, they they held they held off on Keith Lee for so long that <clears> they put <throat> Keith Lee to the North American title. And then in the meantime, when they put Keith Lee to the North American title, they trapped, I mean, they completely like just like nerfed him down. They nerfed Riddle mm-hmm. on the other end and then put Riddle towards being tag. a tag guy now. And it's like, all right, those were your two, those were the two dudes that should have been the next champion after Cole. Now look where we are. Like, Cole, Keith Lee can't get to that until like November, <laughs> right? And then like, Riddle's a tag guy. Riddle's probably gonna be tag changed for like six months or more. And then if he does that, like you would assume that you're gonna get a feud out of him and um and and done because that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like I mean, you you could have did Walter. Do, do but, I have to start looking at the Largo loop? My God. Yeah. I mean, you, you could you could start bringing up Jake Atlas or fucking. I think it's just um, yeah, like. But they could have brought, right? yeah, brought up Walter. They could have brought up Walter, but. Because especially after Worlds Collide, well, Walter can't get in the country. But and even before then, <laughs> but even before then, they were having they were about to do Walter versus Finn Balor at uh, Dublin. Right. So I don't think that was I don't necessarily think that was on the pl- in the pl- in the cards either. So this is this is where we are now. Like you've built up no baby, you've built up no baby faces. Like you. Oh, you, you mean triple H not having a clue like on how to, how to use a baby face or, or man, what a, but what this a damn a, shock. But this wasn't a problem until <clears throat> this wasn't a problem until they nerfed until they beat Johnny at, uh, they beat Johnny all the time in every title shot he had. And then they turned him heel and then turned him right back face. And then he was champion for two months and then he lost it. And now you can't really go back to him because like, you beat him all the time. He finally wins it, and then he loses it two months later. It makes it like a fucking fluke. So now he's just a bad. He's, you're not supposed to just beat a baby face immediately after they fucking win it, which is what they did because of the injury. So it's like whatever. Like this is what this is what happens when you keep delaying shit to where he's going. Like it's going to mean so much more. It's going to mean so much more. And now look at it now. So nah, man, you got to cash that shit in. Like you know, reasonably don't, well. Don't be afraid of it. Right. So. Like that chase shit, the memory Tim chasing and chasing and chasing, and now that man can't chase no more. So, like right. in the meantime, like in the back in the day when you had Neville and Sami Zayn and you know Nakamura, Finn Balor, it was easy. It was e- right. Just put them up to the belt, and then when it's time for them to move on, they lose, and then they never hear again. Right now, people got to stay. 
and the people got to stay or the people that's like they need people need to be the champion but it's like they've already been champion now what and like they months ago we were saying this about uh or six months ago six seven months ago we were saying this like I don't know why they wasted so much time, especially like the summer last year, like after June when they were doing the um the break the breakthrough tournament. Mm-hmm. We're like, why are they waste so much time? They need to get Keith Lee and Riddle going, and this is where we are now because we knew those were the next two dudes, and they didn't make no next two dudes. And you look around, who are the next two dudes? And you're like, there ain't nobody, right? Because those were the two next dudes, and you missed it. I think they're gonna put it on Dream, and I think it's gonna be a colossal mistake, right? Because he's, I, I mean, I don't know how much time he needs to get to get back to where he was, but it's not. It's, I mean, his storyline, you know, they made it make sense, and after the after the fact, and like now they're giving him action instead of just going straight to it. They're they're delaying the, um, the match. Like they got they lucked out. They lucked out in in the pandemic because they were if they were going to go to takeover, if that would have been the match. It wouldn't have been no. Well, you have to go through the undisputed era. Like step right, by so, step, so, it, it would. So, so now it's like they're making it make sense now that they have time to make it make sense. Po- well, not now they have time. Like this is all they're doing. They had all the plans they knew and they were coming back. All that shit. Like they they had a plan to hot shot some shit and now they're making it make sense now. So if you're Velveteen Dream, right, it, or mm-hmm. if you if you're putting a belt on him, like I guess the way I would do the title reign would be he would beat Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano would beat Ciampa. Johnny would then get the he would be the heel that would be able right. to be able to challenge Velveteen Dream to be the first person he can beat and be like, all right, Johnny, your mission is to have a five star match with him or whatever. And but you're gonna lose to him and we're gonna try to, you know, keep him going from there. Like I think that's like where you start with him at least. That makes sense. I, I would but I would probably try to save the 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 Johnny in um I mean unless I mean obviously if you're out of options, but I'm looking at the hillside, and it's like we can't face Roddy in the future because he's already faced Roddy a million times. Um, if 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 Riddle, if if Velveteen is the babyface champion, is what I mean. Right. Um, can't do Cameron Grimes. No one will buy that. No one believe that that he'd be a contender for the North American or for the NXT Championship after he can't even beat um, Lee. Hell, have Chompa do it and have Chompa win and turn heel. Like, <laughs> and be like, yep, I'm always the asshole I always was. And then have Riddle or Lee chase down uh, Chompa. Yeah, that, I mean, and you could play off of the fact that, like, he had no, he had a championship match for, he couldn't beat him. I'm a year stronger, better, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes I, I like that more than Johnny because the thing with Johnny and Velveteen is they've had a few, they've had a bunch of matches, mm-hmm. a bunch of like matches that were very good. So it's like as opposed to you know Velveteen and Champa having that one match at War Games 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think that's cleaner from a perspective of like there's one match you don't you can't say like they've done this to death. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that more, to be honest with you. So yeah, man, trying to help these people. I don't even watch this show. Like goddamn, <laughs> and then they're gonna figure out a way to get themselves out of it. But it's just like, from what I see, just based off of like what they've done, is like you know they could always just make up some shit and and and, and run it run it through the papers or whatever else. It's just like, but I just thought this was they put themselves in a bad situation with the Velveteen thing. Is like. I I would have went with Finn Balor 
Honestly, mm-hmm. Finn Balor versus Cole on Takeover, and then go from there. I mean, I would, yeah, if they're I, giving I Finn, Balor Finn Balor all these damn wins, I would have made Finn Balor NXT champion, and then had like everybody come after him. That's what I would have done. But whatever. And then I would have eventually gone to Velveteen versus Finn Balor. But whatever. That's that's whatever. Um, yeah, to think, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, Benoit, uh, the end of the second part of that documentary. Yeah. Did you catch it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. I watched both of them. Um, like you talked about it last week, and I I watched first part one um, over the week and part two uh, last night. Um, it's emotionally devastating. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain it. Um, yep. I was talking to Josh Smith uh, earlier today about like my feelings on it, and the best way I can explain it is I'm a person that like. Just left out of wrestling in 2000, and I came back 2000, not uh, 2009, 2010, 2011 ish, or whatever else. And like Benoit was one of the one of my uh, favorite wrestlers of the era because it's like it's a time when I was young, but I also realized I also realized like yo, his matches are like fun. Um, just like a lot of the guys in that were you know in WCW. So to find out that this dude, to find out this dude became like a top star in WWE and then to find out that like he murdered his wife, his son, and then killed himself. It's kind of like, I don't understand how this got to this point. Um, I do. I understand it more getting older. It's like, I, I didn't recognize that Like he worked the kind of style he worked. Um, I didn't, and I re- didn't realize like, you know, the amount of wrestlers that were dying at that time. But I understand it now, and I also understand like what he had to do to his body and put in his body to get himself to look like that to get himself a push. Um, so for me, because there's so many people that follow this uh, trajectory, um, it ended up becoming some of my favorite wrestlers, like Daniel Bryan, for example. Um, you know, some of the guys that are around now, Riddle, um, Kenny. Jericho was like these are people that follow the model of you might not be the right size or the right look for Vince McMahon or we are past the time of Vince is like completely devouring the national territories so in order for you to make a name for yourself you have to hit the road and, and globe and globe trot and I'm not saying that Eddie and Benoit were the first people to do that but there are two people that are the people you point at as far as they laid the blueprint for that right um, like not saying that like Kobe or T Mac were the first two people to or KG were the first people to come out of uh, straight out of high school, but like they're people you look to. Um, so for so many for them to be influ- influential in that way, and to see that moment where they win at WrestleMania twenty, and they had that moment where the, where they're in the ring together, they're both on their titles up as these two people that persevered over all over all these odds because they refused to hear a no and then the flat and the watcher from the perspective of that kind of drive also led to this and i'm watching and i'm just like just a fucking wreck just because like the amount of guilt i have for the fact that like i had so much the fact that like I felt such a I felt so much for that moment while in this in this 
documentary that's describing like this is part of the this is one of the steps that leads to this and i know what the back end is coming what i'm about to hear mm-hmm. and it's like i feel i feel so guilty and terrible for the fact that like i ever felt for this moment and and then and then from there you hear more stuff that i never knew um i knew they were friends i didn't know they were best friends i didn't know they were like that close of friends either um, so, like, that makes it even worse with, like, the Eddie death, and then, like, I think at the end, Jericho says some of the lines of, like, <clears throat> you look at both of them as them being such great friends, and, like, one person's career is gonna be remembered and held up, and, like, they're basically equals, and then you look at the other one, and he's, like, the fucking black sheep of the entire industry, and it's, yeah. like, these are two people, these basically, like, two sides of the same coin and like that's what makes it kind of interesting and scary and everything and I was like yeah like for him to say that at basically the end of part two after going through that whole thing he's like he's absolutely right I think this is the pro wrestling documentary of a lifetime um I was you know I watched it in the morning uh you know before I had work and it was just like I went through the rest of the day kind of just thinking about like, yo, man, because like you, I wasn't watching at that time. And, you know, I didn't really know all the details around it. And, uh, you know, the more the years have gone on, I've, you know, gone into figuring out like what's happened. But then seeing all these people that are that close to the situation, part two was just heavy in a way. Part one even wasn't, even though part one was like, yo, grab your fucking like, your chair or you'll like you watch it and you're like sinking in your chair like right. oh my god i can't believe like all this stuff like this this journey this guy's been on the the way they've came together like you know how nancy got out of her first relationship and how they got together and it's just like remembering how you know how much she meant to the wrestling business that kind of no one really talks about anymore and i i it was just like a lot of mixed conflicted feelings watching this thing and it was like i i love the the wrestler that chris benoit was i enjoyed the style and all that and then it's like i hate everything else about like what he did like and you know being in you know the age we are now we're 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 like i don't know it was like 2007 so i'm like fresh getting out of high school i can't imagine like you know being the age of, of where you're having, you know, you have several kids, you have a wife, you have like a house, and then you do that to them. Like, I can't imagine this shit. Like, it is like, it's way too, too, too much. I, I recommend any wrestling fan that, that, that ever watched Chris Benoit. And this is like the closure that, <clears throat> you know, people are looking for kind of with this with this thing i think that's still out there that's why you still have people for some reason wanting him to go in the wwe hall of fame i'm like i'm like fuck the hall of fame it's fake it doesn't matter why are you trying to champion this like i don't i don't care who vince mcmahon puts i don't care if he puts benoit in or not but you can clearly see why like wwe in this situation i don't know who knew what when um, there are people that say like, you know, Vince knew or whatever. Cause like Dave said he knew before they went on air, what happened, but there's a lot of, and you know, also the part about how, and also the part about how apparently like he could have pulled the West coast feed, but he didn't or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
like and it's it ultimately you know wwe was a place he worked he was all over the world and they're not the sole you know people responsible for this right. so he, this like um real quick but it's like almost like when the nfl gets sued for concussions they're like okay so which concussions are ours right because this person played pop warner little league high school college which concussions are ours yeah um I, I, I highly recommend it to, to anyone that, that hasn't seen it. It's right on YouTube. You can type it in and find it. But um, it's a very heavy <clears throat> documentary. And I'm just glad that, uh, you know, his remaining son, uh, David, and Nancy's sister, uh, Sandra, got to, you know, reconnect, you know, after 13 years. And uh, this is another, you know, thing with Jericho, like, making this thing happen. It's just like, this man is like, you know, People say whatever they want about Jericho. He makes, you know, some suspicious moves in public at times, but like he's one of the most complex like figures and like greatest figures there's ever been in wrestling. He was there pretty much in every promotion anywhere. Like Mexico, Japan, Smoky Mountain, ECW, WCW, WWE, AEW, New Japan. Like this guy is a sh- is, is a shepherd of the business and like there's been things I like I've heard about him. Like he paid for like Kamala's funeral and or paid to save Kamala's house or something like that. Like he does like so many like good deeds for like a lot of like wrestlers. And he's like a shepherd kind of like, you know, in a way you almost like, like you hear about Vince man sometimes like taking care of people and, yeah. and things like that. But like Jericho's another guy that's like that, where it's like, man, him being involved in this project and he's going to be the narrator for all the dark side of the rings this season. It's almost like, they couldn't have had a more perfect person like in charge of this and doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also something that it was something that clearly was, um, so close to him in something that like has clearly been on his mind over the last 13, 14 years, um, or really 15, 16 years when you include Eddie's death. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, I hope for some people that, you know, didn't know the full um, scope of how heinous his his uh, his his uh, his acts were. Um, like, cause I had no idea that, like, I had no idea how they died. I just know that he murdered them. I had no idea gotcha. how gruesome it was, whatever else. And, like, that is, like, what he... Like to hear what he did to his wife is just yo. He put his he bound her, put his knee in her back, and then strangled her from behind to until she couldn't breathe anymore. Until she's was gone. Like yo, that is like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like that's that's fucking ridiculous. Um, and then to hear how he went, where it's like he got he he, he broke his fucking neck. Yeah, with, with, he, he's, he did a Google search on like weight, like painless ways to like commit suicide. So it's like you do all that painful shit to someone else, but you want to take the coward's way out. All right, and then ultimately he ends up actually like killing himself in a, in a gruesome way as well. It's like yo, that's like I I I can't imagine. And like, I mean who? I mean obviously, um, his acts are ridiculous, but it's also like look at the environment he's in and what helped lead to or what contributed to this at the least 
right? So, like, with all the steroids, with all the concussions, with what we know about CTE, and then you hear about, like, his brain is, like, and it's just, just filled up with, like, deposits. Yeah, 85-year-old like, brain. It's like, yo, this, this is all bad. Um, obviously, the business has changed since this has happened, with good reason, but... It's it's a reminder that it could always be it could it can go back to that in a heartbeat, like you know seeing how how like we don't know what what these guys had to do to get from match to match or whatever and feeling like that pressure like the you know so and there was a lot of like a couple of things with, with the drug testing and all that Benoit was using like T he was getting the the, the exemption the, right the because he already was using so many PD so it's it like you know right. So that's how he was able to pass these tests or whatever. So like there's and, and that goes on to this day. Like Ryback was getting TUEs and right. things like that. And I imagine someone like you Randy know Orton. Randy Orton or maybe even a Jinder Mahal or something like that. Like to see someone blow up that fast, it's like all right, something's not right here. But um, yeah. So like and, and it's just like it's a stark reminder and it's like fuck I, I hope no one ever turns out like that again and right. you can never be sure right yeah yeah um but I mean it's a, it's a great it's a great uh piece of work so I mean for those that haven't seen it yet I would suggest check it out um if someone has ever been um if you're a fan of wrestling history that's something to check out like I, I haven't suggested it to my homeboys but like Kirby or Kendrick or any of them, but like they remember Benoit. And I said, like, I, I think they sent the um they they put it up on World Star or something like the pre, like the preview, and they were sending it to us okay, or whatever. I so I, I think they were trying to watch too. So okay, I yeah, probably yeah. come up and see what they thought. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll talk yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's just see what else is so, uh, WrestleMania. We talked keep, about NXT, AEW, um. Oh, we talked about real quick. We talked about um, Roman Reigns um, pulling out of WrestleMania. We did not talk about his replacement for WrestleMania. That's right. Okay. Ron Strowman, uh, <laughs> Strowman is replacing Roman Reigns in the uh, WWE uh, title match um, at WrestleMania. Um, Ron Strowman finally gets his, his day in the, in the sun. Oh yeah, he is finally getting a single match at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, they like three years past the peak with, with him. Mm-hmm. Two and a half see. years past the peak. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. The most over he was, I would say, I would say WrestleMania thirty four. Wrestle thirty WrestleMania thirty four is when they missed it. Definitely. You don't think it was no mercy? Two thousand seventeen. I mean, as far as WrestleManias go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case, but yeah, and we're we're way past that window. Of course, he sticks his foot in his mouth. Uh, Braun Strowman blocked me, by the way. Um, oh, so <laughs> yeah, I joined that club. Um, uh, but uh, he he um finally gets the shot. Uh, I don't know who's gonna win. Uh, maybe maybe he wins. Who knows? Uh, I can't really find myself to care either way because it's not like you know. It's like all right, Strowman's the champion. No, better all yet. right. We're at a point now in our wrestling fandom, and because WWE main roster has been so bad, we're almost like if, instead of it being like, "Yo, this is WrestleMania," it's like, "Oh, it's just WrestleMania." Yeah, that's where we are now. Like they've they've yeah. burnt us so many times. They're just like, "You're not gonna get me to care." 
Right. Like you might even care about you might even care about certain things on the card, but like the show in general, as far as it being like the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals of wrestling, nah, I'm past that. No, I'm not even saying like the status of what it really holds as far as like it's compared to a you know, a takeover or to a AW pay per view or to a Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion. I ain't saying that as far as like the like the headspace that it used to hold WrestleMania in regard, like. Like the the shows that actually like that I cared about back then, they still hold that emotional weight to me. But like going forward and knowing how the like in knowing what they do on their TV to get to this point, nah, man, you burnt you you burnt me on that. Like the last one that really got me in that way was like probably thirty three because thirty three was built so well. Uh huh. No, I'm sorry, thirty four. Thirty four because it was built so well. Um, and then like you completely like. You had two good matches. You had two good matches on the card, or three good matches on the card, and one of those good matches was disappointing. So I was like, "No, nah, I'm done." And it's like four hour, four or five hour show. No, nah, I'm good. No thanks. Yeah. Like I watch it because I mean, they're gonna there's gonna be some good wrestling on the show, but the thing is like it's gonna be some good wrestling on a five hour show. Some. Two of them. Like there's gonna be two <laughs> shows, James. Like there's two fucking WrestleMania games. Oh yeah, I forgot. I don't know who told him to do this or what. It's like, man. Yeah, so Goldberg and Braun Strowman. I know Goldberg can't get him up. Um, <laughs> like I know he can't. Like you, I bet Goldberg was blown. Like, hold on, Roman, what? You're not, Spear. you're not doing the match, Spear. What? I don't yeah. think Goldberg cares. Yeah. Look, fuck that. Pay Where's me. The check? Where's the check? <laughs> <laughs> so keeping the strong style and um, ACE, all things elite. Did um, this this thing? They have this uh, fantasy booking competition going on um, between uh, AEW and New Japan. So um, they both put up um, cards between Jeremy and Josh and Amy and Floyd. Listen to all those shows. Go check those shows out uh, if Who you want to hear. Who think had the best card of the four? <sighs> I I might be leaning towards Josh right now. Um, I, I would have to look at Josh's undercard again because there are some things I don't remember. <laughs> I I, th- I think the Shingo Darby match that that he had, you know. I think that might have sealed it because um, Jeremy and Josh's card for like for the top so, the three, it was so yeah, similar, yeah. similar. But and I think he, he used like some guidelines of like what could really happen right now as far as like protecting championships, giving people matches that they could win and things like that. It wasn't just a free for all. I think Amy and Floyd went more in that direction. But um, yeah, it, check out those shows if you want to um, hear those uh, you know cards. But you know, I believe James made a card just kind of for fun, and so did I. And, you know, I came up with a couple of reasons why uh, I, I did my card. So their rules were uh, you had to have 10 matches on the card and a pre-show match. So, um, yeah, you know. Do you want to go first? I don't care. Whichever one you want to do, I don't care. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, okay, so my pre-show match was Ryu Lee versus Robbie Eagles versus Darby Allen versus Sammy Sammy Guevara, I almost said Sammy Zayn. Uh, Sammy Guevara in a four-way match. Go out there and have fun on the pre-show. Look, slap some, slap some idiots' heads in the bottom pay-per-view. Um, first match on the card would be uh, El Phantasmo and Ishimori versus Rapongi 3K versus the Young Bucks versus Private Party in a four-way ladder match for the, let's say, whatever, ta- whatever tag titles we come up with. Whatever, we'll find some tag titles. Um, the Triple A belts. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You put the <laughs> look, we can put the Rev Pro belts up there, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> look, we uh, anyway. Um, 
Next, our second match in the car would be Hiromu Takahashi versus uh, Ray Phoenix because why the fuck not? Why would you not want to do that match? Um, <laughs> next match out there would be Ishii versus Brody Lee because that, you know, we're probably going to get in G1. Let's just go ahead and do that now. Um, <laughs> next match after that, Jay White versus Cody. Um, you put this, you put them on at this spot on the card so that they don't have to try to keep up with what's next coming on the card. Their level of overness will be will keep them able to keep up with this kind of match. And also, they're bringing the diversity as opposed to, you know, match the year contenders that I'm throwing out here on this card. They get to go out here and then you have their change of pace match and they add to the, the, the very the diversity of the show by them having their old school clusterfuck of Gaga. Um, in this match, if you know, if it's great, it's a luxury because we already got a bunch of stuff on the back end, it's gonna be great. And if it so but if it takes off and it's awesome, then this turns to all time card. I mean it's already set up to be all time card, but it, it just goes over the top. Kobe says. <laughs> so Kobe says, then from there, uh give you Naito double champion versus Adam Page. Then go out there and have their match. Um, Naito has a bunch of big match experience. Hangman needs some of that before he uh, fully goes on to really do this for real in AEW. He's, he's, you know, he's powering up and I think he needs a high profile match, but he could go out here and he can go out there and catch a Destino. That's fine. Um, next match, uh, I'm going to use the the approach that um, Floyd and Josh and Jeremy took, and I'm going to have a women's match. Um, I originally had two women's matches. I was going to have both. My idea was to have both uh, Bushi Road top individual titles and both Tony Khan top individual titles be uh, um, um, on this card, but I was told that it was going to have to be 11 matches, so I cut the uh, the potential Jungle Kiona versus Nala Rose match out, and I put in, and I left in uh, Mayu Watani versus Karoshida. Um, Mayu, through this point in the year, is one of the 10 best wrestlers in the world based on output. Um, Karoshida is a, a person that can have great matches when you're in the ring with great people and they're in the right circumstance. Go nuts. Um... After that, you have uh, Tanahashi versus Moxley because that match would be awesome. So I decided to do it. Um, and it's, it's top six versus top six, in, in my opinion. Um, this is more of this is going to be top six versus top six. Uh, Abushi versus Jericho. They haven't done it yet. They should do it. Do it here. Forget Dominion. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it here. Uh, <laughs> um, Okada versus Pac. Mm. I think that match should be incredible given how. Pac paces himself. It matches very well with Okada's ability to lay out a match to build. I think the last fifteen minutes, 10, 15 minutes of the match would be spectacular. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a, a very very strict rule though. The only last two matches can go twenty five minutes. Everything has to go under twenty minutes, and anything below a certain point has to go less than twenty minutes itself. So um, this match can go twenty five minutes, and then the main event, the ultimate. Exhibition. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Go nuts. Let your imagination run wild. But for <laughs> me, like that's the match I would most want to see in the world probably right now. So 
I take that back. I want to see Mayu versus Jungle, but whatever. But from, from right now, <laughs> in the moment, no, I want to see. But right now, from this, for, I, I want a red belt match between those two very badly. But anyway, um, right now, the match I most want to see outside of Stardom right now would be Osprey versus Omega. Awesome card. Um, I, I saw your card, and I d- was determined not to repeat anything because uh, you sent it in the group chat first. So mine's a little bit different. I tried to um, do some things where I could use guys in a way where I w- if I was building the card, I'll put them here. So people that just missed, um, I was going to use Joey Janela somewhere, but he just ended up getting cut. I forgot where he, he was. It's competitive business. Yeah. So competitive business. So uh, pre-show, I've got Maxwell Jacob Freeman versus Yuji Nagata from <laughs> WCW. So um, thinking here is, uh, you know, are you gonna have Yuji? Are you gonna have Yuji Nagata beat his ass and then at the end have MJF win? Yes. God damn you. <laughs> yes. Like Yuji Nagata gonna, gonna tease his young dude some respect, and then he's Yuji Nagata is also gonna steal the the Burberry scarf and don it at some point, whatever. <laughs> but at, he will ultimately fall, so MJF can get you know get these booze and and he beat up an old guy, and then you know. <laughs> He, you know, I, I originally was gonna do like a huge ten man tag on the pre show. I see you booking like Corbin and uh and Angle. I see you out here. I see you out here. You're this manism. I see you. I, I, my, I think I originally had like a ten man tag. It was like Show and Yo and um, a bunch of other people. It was like Joe. It was Private Party, Joe Janela and Dustin against. I, but it was something like that. But I ended yeah. up. I thought. In, of, in I thought about trying to do like a Chaos or Lij versus Inner Circle or Elite thing. But I was like, once I did that, like it was gonna eat up to. It was gonna take away so many like top level matches. I was like, I can't do that. I wanted to, but I couldn't. And I was gonna so do like I, an elimination match. But, so I do actually have an elimination match on my card, and I okay. use that to like get some more people on. So my opener would be Cody versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, big theme songs oh right God. here. So everyone, you know, immediately the crowd's gonna be on fire because Cody's gonna come out, you know, with his magic entrance or whatever. He's gonna come up, and then, it, you know, the entrance is gonna be awesome. And then it's like, what can compete with that? Kaize Nianare. So everyone will be singing along, happy, you know, go lucky, and everything like that, and. So you want like Cody dead? That's 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 what you're doing, huh? Like I remember, I remember you were like you had told me one point when I said like I want to see an Alexa Bliss and Matt Takahashi match. You were like James out here trying to get her murdered. So you out here trying to get Cody murdered? That's what, that's what you're doing, huh? Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm going to give Cody the victory here over Minoru Suzuki. Oh my Suzuki. god! Um, you know Minoru Suzuki will get caught slipping at some somehow. You know it, one one of the um, the interferences. You know that Cody does like you know he's gonna have Dustin in one corner. He's gonna have Brandy on another side. He's gonna have all these dudes wearing Nightmare Family jackets to confuse Suzuki, how, how, and then he'll win. How many times did they tease someone throwing? in the towel <laughs> like, every corner will have a towel <laughs> another thing like I can already in my mind I'm laughing because I can imagine like hearing uh, n- not Naito uh, hearing Suzuki yell come on boy come on boy <laughs> like how he did Moxley I can definitely hear him do that to, to Cody so yes yep. that, that will be a funny moment so that I was like, well, I gotta get, I gotta find someone big enough to to take on Cody here, and, and I thought that was a a, a good match. Uh, second match will be Pac, uh, in some old country Dragon Gate beef. 
Oh, Shingo versus Shingo. Um, that okay. would be, uh, and Shingo would get the win here. Uh, he would, you know, they would beat the hell out of each other, and it would be extremely fast paced and power junior wrestling here. Um, up next, I've got the Lucha Bros against El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. RLPW. That's all we're going to do here. And Pentagon's going to get the pin on El Fantasmo. Um, after that, uh, we've got a monster face versus a fucking asshole. So, yes, you heard it right. Darby Allen versus Jay White. Jay White using that 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 size advantage on him. Everyone's going to fucking hate his guts. And the crowd's going to go nuts and love Darby. Think like, you know, Darby fighting Sammy Guevara, but like a little bit different uh, dynamic in the crowd where no one wants to see Jay White beat Darby Allen. So, and since Rich Ladd is a good booker, it, Darby Allen will win <laughs> and give the people what they want. You know, <laughs> we'll give a Darby victory. So, you really hate Jay White. <laughs> so, uh, after that, uh, we we trying to find out who is the big man in these streets. So uh, we've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Lance Archer. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would have loved to see it in the G1 last year, but they were in different blocks. So, um, you know, and Ishii, all five foot eight of them, you know, squaring off with Lance Archer's six foot eight or six foot six, whatever the hell he is, uh, looking eye to eye, you know, so, so to speak. But uh, up next... Oh, and I gave Tomohiro Ishii the win there because, you know, this is a Rich Ladder show, so Tomohiro Ishii is going to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> so up next, I've got a battle of the young aces. Uh, will Ospreay will be taking on Hangman Page, and the challenge will be go get it. Like, show, show us why you want it. And what is it? The crown. Like, <laughs> so um, that, w- that would be that match. Up next, uh, the AEW champion John Moxley will be facing Zack Saber Jr. They are already set to do this match in real life, so right, we're gonna speed that up a couple months and, and get it so, going here. So you just blatantly still in like Gato's booking, huh? I mean, why not? You know, it's it, it, the man's one best booker eight out of the last ten, ten years. So be be a good booker like that. So, uh, but Mox will fuck this geek up, and none of the wrist locks will work. This will essentially be like an, an entertaining squash match. <laughs> So he's gonna beat him like how he he beat up like Darby and Sammy. No, like like more like. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my uh, my semi main event will be the Inner Circle versus Lij. Mm, so okay, it will be I Jericho. See, I see what you're doing. You get Naito protected. Right, and you get you get you get for night. That's that's the reason why I was trying to figure out if I should put Lij in there. And too, it was like, look, I don't really know. Yep. I know Jericho. If I put Jericho in there with a, with someone that can go. It'll be fine. I don't know about night yep. so these days. Well, yep. Okay, yeah, all right. So I've got Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and PNP as the team managed by Jake Hager. So Jake Hager will be on the outside of the ring, cheating. You know, cheating exactly. And then you know. Obviously, Shingo, Shingo Takagi wrestled earlier in the night, so this was to get him out of that match, but give them that advantage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Evil. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, will, in the end, will survive Jericho and Sammy as they pr- uh, prove they are the most cohesive unit. And then, um, or excuse me, that was our third from the top. Sorry about that. 
uh, our semi-main event here, the Mega Aces, Kazushika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Young Bucks. So uh, the Bucks come up against a super team here. You know, um, Okada ends up getting the pin on Matt, and the Okada Bucks fall from the sky. How long does this match go? 25. How did the Young Bucks go 25 minutes with, like, two greatest wrestlers of all time? Because, because they're the greatest tag wrestlers of all time. That's why. So? <laughs> but they okay, lose Okay, if you say so. Like, if, I, 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 look, I, I, whatever, whatever. Like, in theory, if they say, like, yes, we're going to go out there and go 25 minutes, yes, sure. In kayfabe, that match should go, like, pff, like, <laughs> that match should go, like, 10 minutes tops in real life or wow. kayfabe. This man tripping. I'm dead serious. Um, our, our main event here, conspicuous uh, by their absence all over the show, you guys should already know what it is. The Golden Lovers Collide. Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi. Uh, the long match that they've always wanted to do with each other is not a G1 match. Um, that isn't, you know, kind of happening out of necessity. This is like the one, the one. So that's the main event here uh, on the uh, card. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. But that no, that was it. And um, and Kenny, we we get the win over Abushi here. Um, you know, a because of my card, and B, he's never be- beaten Abushi before. So this would be the time to finally have Kenny beat Abushi here. Okay, so I believe uh, Josh and Jeremy uh, had venues. Where, where would your show be taking place at? Hmm. Let's see. I would probably do it at. I think I'd do it at Staples Center. Okay. So you have, do you have announcers? Um. No. <laughs> Just do it straight like like there ain't no announcing my career. Well, okay. Uh I I I call in um, you know, the golden announcer, Don Callis, you know oh, and Kevin God. Kelly. We'll just bring those guys out and see if they'll they'll work a night for me. So Okay. Um Oh, uh me. Uh so that's my card. Oh uh, yeah. So for me, I guess I put my card. Fuck it. Put it. In, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Put it. In, uh. Put. <laughs> put it at Minareg Hall. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Corkin Hall. Like. Put it at Minareg Hall. Corkin Hall. I don't know. Put it anywhere. Put it at the Sportatorium. I don't give a shit. Um. Announce team. Um. Oscar Triple H in Liger. And Kevin okay. Kelly, so we'll make four four person booth. Not, not Cody, you know, like Cody. No, you know he could talk about like Kevin Nash having the, the agility of Kevin Nash or something like that. Oh, or yeah, he, who did he say had that? Yeah, he said Brody Lee had the agility of Kevin Nash. I'm like, sir, that is not putting someone over. That is an insult. <laughs> yeah, like, that, I, was like, I, that was like that's pretty much like the that was like the one is like yo that was bad Cody, but everything else for Cody was pretty good on commentary. I think. I think I like Kenny's style for commentary more than, than Cody because Cody. Kenny was like understated, and it would be like, oh shit, he really said that. Like, this man started bringing up fucking Konami. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think about that, but it was more or less like Cody, Cody, once he gets more reps on this, will be great at it, but it was just like. He, he didn't was, have he didn't know when to lay out and let like other people let like uh Shivani like get in and do his part, and like he was kind of just too talkative. And that's one of the things, like, once he, like, gets his, like, 
in the future, I think right now, starting out, Kenny was better at it. But like, if they both get reps at this, Kenny will just be, or sorry, Cody will be like one of the best at it. Um, yeah. It's just he has to get his pacing He's on. He's doing this nudging and winking at the hardcore fans all throughout it, and that's true. Everything else, so. that's true. Um, yeah, but um, I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. Uh, you know, let us know how you guys like our cards in comparison to those guys. We're not in the contest, but yeah, um, you know. Bored. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, sure, I got a couple minutes to whip up a card here. So, uh, and I think, you know, as compared to, uh, you know, I would probably say when AEW first started, um, it's not the, the one sided, you know, kind of thing this was like, oh, obviously New Japan just smokes them or whatever. Like, you look up and down the cards, like, the lot of the people that are getting used, like, the more you get, like, guys like Lance Archer and Brody Lee filling in, like, some of those holes, like, it's a great you know, card either way, it seems like. So lots of talent yeah. everywhere. There's, there's depth. I think that, um, like, the eighth person in, in New Japan is still better than the eighth person in AEW. But, like, it's, it's they actually, like, but their top six is very, very strong. I mean, I don't mean, and I'm only talking about that from a uh, match performance standpoint. I don't mean as far as character or else, because like Jericho's better than everybody is on this thing. Just Jericho is gonna only give you a match at certain level with uh, certain people. That's all. Mm-hmm. Given his age. Um. What? I guess there's one thing left to do here, James. What's that? Hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so um, on Tuesday was the um, Cinderella tournament, sixteen-person uh, tournament, um, single elimination. Uh, winner ends up getting a wish in a ball, a Cinderella ball gown. Um, the wish is always a title shot. If it's not a title shot, I don't know what the fuck it would be. World peace. Good luck with that. Uh, I don't think Rossi got it like that. I don't think Bushi Road has it like that. But um, it's 10 minute time limit. Um, you can win via pinfall <laughs> submission or eliminate someone over the top rope. And I, after watching this, uh, this tournament, you damn sure can't lose via di- disqualification. So, um, do you watch any of the matches, Rich? Yeah, I caught the whole first round. Okay. Um, did you check the final by any chance i did not see the final but i'm interested like i know what happened okay. and uh, i'm interested to, to see and we talked about it off air but i think you know you would have an interesting uh you know kind of kind of analysis on this for for those that haven't you know you have to remind see, me because i probably forgot but yeah, all right uh, the, the booking style had this been like oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, in yeah. america or something okay so um julia won um julia ended up going through jungle Momo, instead of Konami, like I like I kind of thought, she went through her own um, stablemate in Shuri. Damn. And then, and then in the final, oh yeah, uh, and then in the final, she ended up taking on uh, Nasco Tura, just a, a shock uh, finalist for this uh, tournament. So, so we, we, so we did get a shock finalist from that side. I, not who we who we thought, like maybe like a Saya or something, but uh, Natsuko. Yes. Um, they had to blow up the 
they had to blow up half of the bracket <laughs> yes, to do so. Blew it up. Oh and, my god! Yes, and made and also made like Tam to kind of like like the like the Sami Zayn uh, slash Chad Gable or Shorty Gable uh, babyface of of stardom. But yes, they they did so. So. Um, I don't know where to start. Do you want to go through the first the first round of matches? Yeah, I probably said first round. For Which, sure. Okay, so what copy did you see? Do you see the copy that was just like all the matches put together, or do you watch individual matches? I saw the YouTube um, version. Okay, this so is all straight through. Okay, so yeah, I watched that version first because obviously that came out first. I watched the whole edition from that camera angle and that single shot, and then I watched the Stardom World cut of it. And I gotta say, the YouTube version is a better cut of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, first match, Momo for Starlight Kid, I thought it was a great opener, I thought that the, you know, the match, the part where, um, Starlight Kid goes for a, uh, a code red, and then, like, Momo basically traps her and then drops with a B-driver, I thought that was incredible, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was, I and I can't wait until, um, one of these years when, like, Momo goes for a B driver and she turns it into a code red give a turn of favor but yeah I thought those two had a great opener yeah um really quick work here uh not surprised to see Momo get the win um unless they were gonna just start shocking people right. uh, you know um uh, trying to think what else like I watched a shit ton of stuff last week so um yeah, I think I think I do remember that one part uh, that Sunset Flip turned into that bomb. But um, yeah, next match. Yeah, uh, Julia versus Jungle. Jungle takes like seventy five percent of the match. Um, beats her ass. That's when the match is actually compelling. Uh, Julia then um, wins a couple things to survive. Uh, mostly works over uh, Jungle's taped up shoulder. Um, slaps on this like Koji clutch looking thing that works over the shoulder, and then at the end ends up um, putting her in her uh, stealth viper finish submission yeah. move, or whatever else. Uh, jungle passes out instead of tapping out. They I got to the. Match. I was gonna say they got to the uh, disrespect off rip. Like in the second match, uh, sending <laughs> Jungle out there to do this job for yeah. Julia. So I watched the the sec the um, Stardom World cut of it and in the starting one cut they had the promos the pre-match promos they only do first round promos and mm-hmm. jungle came out and said like this is my fifth cinderella tournament i suck at cinderella tournaments because like the pace i'm used to going lower than the 10 minute time limit so we'll see what happens and sure enough she went out there and got her ass like passed choked out so there you go um next match after that you end up getting um oh azumi versus konami um Konami comes out last. She's up on the second rope to posing. Uh, yes. Azumi uh, hits or attacks her at the bell. She rolls out the bottom uh, rope. Azumi gets out onto the top rope, top rope, uh, the floor dive, gets her back in the ring. And then um, Konami basically tries for, keeps trying for arm bars. Azumi keeps finding creative ways to put her in cradles and roll ups in um, at the end. Konami ends up uh, killing her with a couple kicks and then uh, slaps on the triangle lance for the win. I thought this was like a three-minute match. I thought it was one of the best three-minute matches I've ever seen. Yeah, um, when she rolled up behind her, I thought it was going to be a shock of elimination. Like, they were just going to ring the bell and she would throw her out like while she was posing or whatever. Right, right. 
Um, that, that kind of caught me off guard, but yeah, lots of lots of crisp uh, technical work in this match. Yeah, um, the only regret about it is it didn't go like twice as long. But um, next match after that is Shuri versus um, oh Shuri versus Jamie. Um, I love this match. Uh, I think I wrote out a, a list of stuff that they did in the match, but I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, basically, what I'm going to say to you is we have someone that is a powerhouse in and is actually the biggest uh, power wrestler in all of stardom in Jamie. Um, she's earned that through beating Utami. She's earned that through beating Jungle Up multiple times. She's a top power wrestler in stardom. And then you have Shuri who has came in and she is a uh, work, a submission specialist in a striker. Um, given her background as MMA uh, legit MMA uh, fighter. So um they basically uh, start off with Shuri throwing strikes, uh, trying to work over uh, Jamie's right arm. And then Jamie fires back with lariats and the like. And then from there, Shuri keeps trying to gets, keeps getting her in arm bars, gets her in a cross arm bar the first time. She uh, Jamie makes the ropes, gets back up. Jamie fights back with lariats. In, in <clears throat> and then at another point, Shuri ends up hitting a, a second... Um, arm bar. This time she gets a arm bar and transition over to a Fujiwara arm bar. Um, Jamie rolls out of it, um, lays her out, and then piss the ropes, comes back and hits her with a gigantic uh, bicycle knee that looked great. And then um, she starts hitting her with, she hits her with like a backbreaker over the knee um, and then lifts her up and hits like a, was it a basically it looks like she rock bottomed herself, but it was an offensive move. like Almost like the R-Truth deal. Um, and then at the end, at the working over arm twice, Shuri ends up, uh, getting some kicks in, a head kick, and then ends up slapping on a, a straight arm bar, transitions to the Fujiwara arm bar, and then turns the Fuji, and then turns over on the Fujiwara arm bar, and slaps on, like, a double arm bar move that looked fucking gross, and Jamie had to tap. It was, it was great. Like, this person, submission specialist, kept work kept progressing like transitioning an arm bar on some like saber shit except it wasn't like spot porn or submission porn it was awesome um um do you thoughts on that match big win for uh, Shuri I was uh kind of shocked because you know I thought they would you know Shuri's a freelancer I didn't know right. how their strategy was mm-hmm. uh going into it here but uh good win for uh for her <laughs> and also given that jamie you know she was finished second in the block at the grand prix she was in the finals of the tag league you, you know that was a big win for sure that definitely like established and you know established it like you know all that freelance talk we'll see how that goes in the future we'll see <laughs> we'll see um but hey, I can my dog Kenny get on the phone? You know, <laughs> can she freelance? You know herself to Jacksonville? You know, uh, once once the flights start clearing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you know. so um, next match after that is Tam versus Saki, and um, it is... I was disappointed. Yeah, Saki did not hit, hit the uh, hit. The, or no, not not wrong wrong person. Never mind. Okay, um, Tam and Saki, they have like a four minute match. Like only the last two minutes were good. Um, it basically it didn't get good until like Tam slapped Saki, and then they start slapping each other back and forth. 
Um, <laughs> Tam ends up hitting her with a bicycle knee as well. Um, and there were a couple... Saki ended up getting two good near falls with her revival uh, flash pin that she does. It's successful. Um, Tam kicked out of both of them. And then at the end, um, Tam ends up hitting a head kick and then uh, landing the tiger suplex for the win. Um, I thought this match would be better, but we got half a good match. That 10-minute time limit really doing the number. Like It's a good format to watch like all is one show, but you're you're gonna you're not gonna get the like the high highs right. of right. the. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking for consistency and some diversity in the matches. Like I'm just trying to feel like this match. Like you know, I remember in the first round did that. In the second rounds, the second like every round after this, it did less than like. Once you get to like the second round, like everybody does a spot where like everybody's on the apron, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, who's gonna fall oh, off the apron?" Like, yeah, and then it followed that path for the whole time but like for the first round they did a really good job um next match after that saya big saya saya kamatani versus nasco nasco beats her up and didn't do the dance nah she did not do the dance <laughs> if you want to go to if you want to go on twitter you go to stardom's twitter she was doing a dance while while they're you know off right now so if you want to I see her that. dancing i saw that dance. All right, so um, and they also had jungle dancing up there too. If, if, if That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, Nasco just bullies her around, beats her ass for like I don't know five, six minutes. Felt like forever. Um, Saya maybe got a couple pieces of office in, but she just beat her ass left and right, and then ends up beating her with a the hits a frog splash. Doesn't get the doesn't get the three count. Hits her with the guillotine leg drop off the top rope. Gets the gets the pinfall. Um, Next match after that, um, Utami versus Micah. Uh, this is now has escalated to a full blown top robbery in Stardom, in my opinion. This went from two, you know, future slash young girls that are very good, and they both have similar backgrounds and they have a lot of similarities in what they do and their strengths. And they got together, and they basically had, and they keep having like mirror match type matches, even with the tags and trios, and it's always good. And they displayed it again here, where um, Micah gets one of um, Utami's arms, her left arm, and works over her arm with key locks, Kimuras, um, arm bars, and Judo throws Utami around. Utami's selling her ass off. And it's just incredible. And Utami keeps mounting defenses and, and like last and like like almost like veteran escapes at times. Like there's a moment where she's about to get uh put another hold on her arm and she basically Judo throws her over and slaps on a um, sleeper hold at the last second. Micah fights out of that. Um and the bell ends up ringing for a time limit draw. But in between that, it was just two people throwing each other around, working holes and it's giving people their turn to be on top at certain times but Micah mostly dominated or had most control most of the match just by working her over and Utami selling was incredible yeah um how, are you shocked by the winner here well I mean, the fact that it went to a draw yeah I I would have liked to have Micah won but uh-huh. that still gives Micah something down the line to chase after with Utami and uh- I think Utami this was, was hot that she didn't win either because Utami in the pre-match promo 
said that like you know I wasn't in Cinderella last year that was my first Cinderella but I broke my hand in that match in New York against uh, Momo so I want to win this and she's like I want I want to show you all the red dress <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is just a function of uh, of the of the bracket yeah. so they had to pick something to be part of the blow up well another part of it is like we ain't finna have not we ain't finna have Nasco beat Utami get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so um there's that as well. Um the the main event of the first round, Hannah versus Mayu. Um Mayu did a what I think was a masterful job of accentuating what Hannah does well, which is brawling in the couple holes she does. Um in Hannah it shows off some of the strength that Hannah can show showcase like when she does the the spot with the cheese vertical suplex get someone puts someone in a guillotine and then she powers the person up and then gives the um, finishes off the vertical suplex I think she put that wrapped that around all the stuff that Hannah does with a few things that you don't really see from Mayu that often mm-hmm. and I thought they had a great match I thought it was the best match on the in the first round uh, the finish was fucking horrific I don't want them ever to finish it ever again but. Aside from that, I thought you know, eight minute eight minute match. I thought you know, for eight minutes, this is like a four star fucking match. So um, that finish caught me off guard. I was like watching him on the top rope, and I already knew uh, you know what was happening. I knew there was going to be a double elimination, but right. I was like, oh shit, why did they fall from there? <laughs> okay, so okay, so for for uh, describe to the, to the listeners. Um, Mayu gets the advantage. Uh, she goes for a uh, to put the match away. She goes for a frog splash. Frog yeah. splashes get the three count. She goes to the other corner to go for a moonsault. So she goes up for a moonsault. Hannah gets up and then puts her in her octopus hold that she does for a finish called she calls the hydrangea. But it's on the top rope, so she's in the rope, so she can't get the submission. She just wants to hurt her and then drag her in the ring and beat her ass. Or throw her over the top after that. Who knows? But mm-hmm. while she has her in the hold, uh, on the top rope, on the top turnbuckle, <laughs> Mayu slips off the ropes on purpose, obviously, slips off the ropes and falls forward. And the problem is that, like, Hannah didn't let go fast enough or get a grip on what they were trying to do or whatever else. And like, they basically go falling. And if you slow it down, you see a position where like, luckily this didn't happen, but like watching it from watching it, not live, but watching it, you just like, Oh my God, did my, you just land on her head from the top off fall off the top rope. And then you <laughs> see the, uh, the other, the stardom, um, world cut of it. And you see, if you pause it in midair when they're falling, it looks almost as if like Hannah has Mayu in a package power driver as they head to the floor. Um, so yeah. Mayu, you know, Mayu's neck is a slinky, so whatever. But like any other mere mortal, they'd, they'd been fucking hurt. You know, we always be joking about last bump. Like that, that was a last bump situation. Yes. <laughs> that was horrific. Um, like that was as scary or scarier than the botched. Uh, Top rope Hurricane Rana with B Priest with B in um November. So mm-hmm. um so in the uh in stardom, if there's a draw in the tournament, then the person that you're gonna face in the second round just advances. So what's up happening is it creates a funky situation where there is 
there's only three semifinal matches. And um, the semifinal match of Tam versus Nasco is a de facto um, semifinal as opposed to a second round match. So yeah. going through the first round, or going through the second round, it's uh, Momo versus Julia. Um, they have a good match uh, at the end. Um, they end up outside the ring on the apron. And uh, Julia ends up giving her her uh, tombstone power driver, and and Momo just falls off, and Julia advances. Um, next round, you end up getting Shuri versus Konami. They have the match you expect them to have. This <laughs> 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 is it's basically a mirror match of two ass kickers that just go for, that go that can grapple and chain wrestle and fight for submissions and arm bars and kick the shit out of each other. Um, and they just basically do that for a few for like four or five minutes, and then at the end, um, Konami goes for a gets her actually slaps on her triangle lancer. Yeah, and it's and Shuri fights to the ropes after being in, dead in the middle and dead to rights, fights to the ropes. And Konami, after um, after she makes the ropes, like is like beside herself. She can't believe that someone like actually you know survived the the triangle answer. Um, mm-hmm. She gets her up again, and then she gets her up again. And Konami ends up. I'm sorry, uh, Shuri ends up slapping on. I can't remember what she did. She hit her with some finisher. Um, I think it might have been an arm. Bar- no, I'm sorry. Scorpion Deathlock. Scor- puts her to Scorpion Deathlock and gets submission. So she, so she ends up making the, 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 you know, the top grappler, the submission specialist, in stardom, tap out. Sounds like Bye-bye. a push, right? Um, so third match, Tam versus Nasco. Um, I don't know if I don't think I've ever just told you this, Rich, but like, <laughs> Nasco, when I say that, like she's good when she wants to be, um. She is good when she's in the ring with Tam. She's good when she's in the ring with Mayu. She's good when she's in the ring with Jungle. Those are she the play, I know she she's plays good. when she want to play. Pretty much, yeah. I don't know um, when they. I think because um, Tam came in and got better at the same time that Nasco was like getting better. Mm-hmm. Like they were kind of like quote unquote young girls or young to the game at the same time. So like they had like a a prelim feud where they used to like would get in tag matches and they'd be paired together and they would just beat the shit out of each other with forearms or whatever else. So like mm-hmm. it's always translate. That's always carried <laughs> over for, for the last couple years. So they get in the ring together. They immediately go head to face to face, nose to nose, forehead to forehead, and then they start trading forearms with each other. Um, we end up getting a situation where Tam ends up getting on the second rope or up on sitting on the on the top rope. Um, Nasco comes in. She ends up getting her up in a choke while in the ropes. Um, Saki, who's cornering Nasco, distracts the ref. Then, literally in front of the ref's face, gets on the apron and then like hits Tam. And the ref doesn't DQ, no nothing, whatever. They continue wrestling. So Nasco gets Tam over the top rope. She's on the apron. Nasco charges through the middle rope. Um, Tam hits her with an axe kick brings her into the middle rope and then hits her with a tiger suplex and she falls over. Tam forgets that it's over the top rope. So she's just chilling. Nasco crawls to the other side of the ring around the ring, gets in and then comes back on the other side and just shoves Tam over off into the floor. Tam at my second time watching, I timed it. 
Tam was on the apron after going to the top rope for 50 fucking seconds like a dumbass. Wow. And lost like that. I was fucking furious. Anyway, whatever. So, next round, Shuri versus Julia. Um, I'm blanking on what happened in this match, but um, at the end, I don't know if it was a pin. I can't remember, but I remember it being a good match. Julia won. Mm-hmm. Um, so Julia's the last out, so she has to just wait for not NASCO to come out for the final. So she's in the corner waiting for NASCO to come out her side, and then all of a sudden NASCO comes from be- from the side that Julia actually came from, and attacks from behind, starts the match. So at a certain point, NASCO gets the belt or gets a chain. She's been carrying a chain around for the last few months ever since she became the leader of Oedo Tai. I guess that's her version of the stick that Kagesu used to have. I don't know. But yeah. comes out and um, uses the chain in front of the ref. Like, she gets the chain. There's Saki brings the chain into the ring. She lays the, the, the chain down, bunches the chain together, and then body slams her right onto the chain. Not a DQ. Um, the chain gets out the ring. Um, Julia's fighting back. And keep in mind, like, after she beats Shuri, the crowd starts chanting for Julia. Right, you hear you hear Julia, Julia, chance, and like in intervals, like frequent intervals, um, she gets jumped from behind, uses the chain. Um, Julia fights back. Um, then there's another p- moment where Saki, Julia gets the advantage, is about to turn the tables. Julia or uh, Saki throws the chain back in the middle of the ring, in front of the ref, in front of both of them. Saki or sorry, uh, Julia grabs the chain, wraps around her fist, looks like she's about to punch uh, Nasco with it. Takes it off, throws it at her, and then Nasco picks it up, and that's like she's gonna strike it, and then basically throws out the ring, saying, I don't need this, even though I've already used it. Whatever. <laughs> so they continue fighting. Um, they both hit each other with finishes. They both there's both kickouts. Um then there's another chance for uh Nasco to use the chain. She takes it. Um Julia overcomes that. Uh Julia hits a finish, Nasco kicks. Uh, then Julia slaps on her Stealth Viper uh, submission that she's put away multiple people with that whole night. After some struggle, she taps out. Julia wins the uh, uh, the Cinderella tournament. Um, at the worst point, after one of the kickouts, the crowd literally starts chanting, Julia! 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 So, like, it got her over. Um, and at the end, uh, as she comes back out with the dress, she says, you know, I kind of wanted to see what Nasco's dress looked like, and the crowd starts laughing. Damn. And then um, she, from there, she says, you know, I want to challenge Arissa at the Oda City show. Um, so that's one of the big show, one of the big matches for the big show if we ever get it. Um, stay away, <laughs> stay away. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 the tournament. Um, so uh, what were you saying something about um? So thoughts, thoughts in general. Now, I guess interesting, um, like way that they booked this thing because this is clearly like a one-sided tournament, uh, <laughs> and it, they did it for a lot of reasons. Like I think you're trying to protect matches, protect people from losing, right. and also like you know leave stuff for down the road. Uh, so that's why they sacrifice like that quarter of of the tournament essentially. And- and also, given that like last year they they had a draw like this too in the first round, and it like immediately like just moved Arissa to the to the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that might just be a thing where like this how we this how we time save if we only have the, the venue for we only have Corcoran Hall for two or three hours. That might mm-hmm. be a thing where like I'm have to go through and look and be like you know they 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 kill they they blow through matches or do draws whatever's get out of matches like every single year. But I know at least the last two years they've done this. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting choice for them to go not go in the final, but. She was simply there to serve Julia. It sounds right. like it wasn't this Natsuko thing. I, I, if anybody's like, "Hey, she she got went to the finals. What does this mean for her?" Nothing. Not a, not a damn thing. <laughs> Look, the best part is her pre-match promo. Right? She says, "I don't even care about uh, Cinderella," and I'm like, "You're right. She shouldn't care about Cinderella. She still owed a white belt match. Why is she even in this fucking thing?" Mm-hmm. So it's. You know, yeah, if you want to look from that perspective, it's like once the Rizzi gets healthy and, then, you know, um, there's going to be a Kurgan Hall before this Oda Ward show. So, like, she's probably going to go out there and be V11 for Arissa. So, there you go. Yeah, come come, come get the Brazilian kick. Yeah. But um, Julia getting over in the finals. Um, yeah. What do you make of this? Because, you know, a lot of people are upset with Julia. Okay, so um, last week I said to you, like, I feel like the Western fans are indifferent and the um, native fans. They're kind of just on sitting on their hands because they're, they still know that this is like, this is a person that is from a, that doesn't belong to them as far as stardom goes or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a rude awakening after hearing about the win is watching the tournament um, and seeing like stardom's announcements on the japanese twitter account and the replies to it compared to the um, the western version mm-hmm. um i was clearly flat out wrong on it the western fans are joshi gatekeeping and do not want their precious momos or tams or kionas or konamis or whoever else that's in the mid card that's been around the company for multiple years to be quote-unquote moved to the side for julia um and on the native side they're happy for Julia slash they don't care. It's just another woman that that's getting a push. It's like any other woman and they're fine with it. Uh, so that like, that's something that I've learned uh, or at least like this, is what we, this is where we are now compared, compared to previous weeks because previous weeks I was listening to those fans and watching those streamers and or months or whatever else. And like Julia was just like, she had, they weren't mean to her, but like, it was almost like she was just kind of there in, um, I mean, it's it, someone made a great point about like starting with their pushes. Like, you know, they don't really do fifty fifty like that. And like when they push somebody, they push somebody to the moon. And then they all. And the thing is with them is like every person they ever push has gotten over. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you were to ask me who's more over leaving, um, leaving out of Cinderella tournament between um, Julia this year or Arissa last year, Julia is more over. Um, if you ask me. And then you look at like people like um, Utami. Utami debuted at like August, and you know she debuted in August, and then like she was in the uh, G one, fi- not G one, the Grand Prix final, just a month or late, a few weeks later, right against Mayu. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, you know like so they they've done this in recent memory where like they'll push them and they'll push Mighty to the moon over a short period of time, and that person gets over. So like who gives a shit? Um, with me, like knowing what I remember about Arissa and remember her matches, like you look through, if you compare the runs through both Cinderella tournaments, Julia washes Arissa's, uh, uh, round run through this, uh, or through, through Cinderella's that they both won. So I have no issue and I didn't have an issue before then, but like 
people I was just worried about like how other people how the natives were gonna respond to this and they're fine with it so I'm good with it now you're gonna hear a lot of bitching about people talking about how green she is this and the third is like hey man um like you would have the same you would have the same complaint a year ago at this time with Arissa she can't do shit but kick you can make an argument she still don't do shit but kick but this is where we no, are now. Don't need to. Right. And I, like the thing with me is I've seen I've seen um I think the thing is I people haven't really seen her stuff in Ice Ribbon. I've managed to see a couple of her matches in Ice Ribbon. Um and like she's a person that's better with more time. Um like she's a person that can build towards having build a match up over 15 20 minutes and get it to a part where you, the crowd is crazy. So I'm not concerned as far as like if she's in this spot in a white belt match or if she becomes a white belt champion, she has to carry as being that match for 18 minutes. I, mm-hmm. I've seen her do it before, so I'm 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 I have no concerns. But people that haven't, I can understand why they feel that way. But gotcha. those people that uh, feel that way, I would like to remind them that like you should have like I you could have said the same as that thing about Arissa last year, <laughs> and look how that turned out. Um, so that that's my that's my take on it. Um, yeah, uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. And um, I know Julia and Arissa are on a collision course, yep. and we'll see it. We'll, we'll see when it happens. Yeah. Um, I found out it was at Oda Ward today. I um, I think I thought it was probably gonna be the next Corican, but you know, that's what we're gonna do. Um, I figured they would have done, you know. White belt match, red belt match, Julia versus Hannah, finally for the final decision. And then, yeah, that was your three big matches. Right now, you don't, I don't have no idea what they're going to do with Hannah. And, like, Hannah seems like somebody you need to put in one of these big matches to help sell the, sh- sell the tickets. Um, like, maybe, like, they did the, they did the, the, uh, they did the draw with Mayu. Maybe they're doing Mayu versus Hannah. I don't know, but, like, mm-hmm. it'll be two big matches, but, I feel like you need like three or four big matches to, you know, help move this card, but we'll see. All right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't really got anything else. Yeah. So, um, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this, uh, to tell the folks about the social suplex podcast network. Um, be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv the, the sponsor for the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, you have over 10,000 hours of, 10,000, 5,000 hours of wrestling from all over the world. Uh, <laughs> be sure to... Uh, what? Like, yeah, right. You're like, oh, hold on, bro. You got her false advertising. <laughs> uh, yeah, just put in um, social suplex, get your free months trial. Um, also, check out... Uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some SS... PN merchandise. Um, also, be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Um, this show typically Mondays, Sundays, um, Mondays, Tuesdays, keeping a strong style. Wednesdays, the Rick and Clive Wrestling Podcast. Every other Wednesday, Grooming Watching Shit. Fridays, Getting the Ring. And Saturday, All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Oh, 